Tuna! Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Wednesday the 10th of November 2010. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Robert Kemp. Hello. And Zachary Burgess. I'm a bit disappointed with my own introduction there. (laughs) You just talked over Zach's. (laughs) I mean, it just ruined his. (laughs) You're disappointed. It was like I always was tempted to kind of wait and see if Rob had anything else to follow up from that crapness. And then he did at the precise moment when I was trying to say something. Well, if I ruined mine, then I had to, you know, spread the ruinage. Spread the ruinage. You got anything better? Come on. Uh, let's do it again. Uh, uh, Joining me today, Robert Kemp. Fantastic. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Not bad intro. So, how's everybody doing? Fantastic. <laughs> I see. You ready to talk about some computer games? Some. 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 I've been playing a few I, wasn't, I wasn't questioning some there. I was actually saying some, as in there are some I can talk about, not some. In a stupid as, if I, as, as if I don't understand English. Some? I'm confused by the word some. <laughs> you were you confused with it might be a homophone, like I'm talking about maths or something. Some? <laughs> some? No, S-O-M-E. Yes. <laughs> so anyway. So. <laughs> so. We're doing good so far. <laughs> yeah, it's genius it's so far. Well. <laughs> okay. well, usually we have a bit of random banter at the start, but I can't think of anything to say, so we ought to talk about computer games, I think. We're so. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Zachary Burgess, why not? Uh, I'm sure what? this will lead to something. If, if, if Zach talks about something for too long, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, a random spree will come out of it sometime soon. Well, perhaps we should go for the person who's, like, just bought a game. How about that? Robert Kemp, I hear you've been playing a bit of Call of Duty. Is that so? Well, I've played about one hour's worth of Black Ops. So okay. this isn't going to be an incredibly thorough or um, <coughs> detailed or well-adjusted view well, do you want to talk about other things you've been playing beforehand first? Uh, well, we'll well, come well back no, that's fine. Obviously. I can talk Black Ops. I'll, I'll do a little bit okay. of it. I've, I've jumped into the campaign and okay. straight away, and I'm starting to play it. I'm hardened rather than normal or veteran as I have attempted it in the past. Okay. Mainly because veteran was so ridiculous in the last game. Don't well, you? veteran, you're just, it's like playing Medidry, isn't it? It's like you, you wouldn't be able to oh, no, pay no, attention no. to any of the it's story. It's much worse. <laughs> yeah, no, it is worse. It's much, much worse than Legendary. Uh, it's worse because it's so cheap, is just, isn't it? Oh, I didn't know what happened there. And it's even in Hardened on uh, on Black Ops, it's still a bit like that sometimes. You'll go around the corner following your AI counterpart or something who you're supposed to be following. And of course he's fine. But you step out there and there's a hail of bullets coming your way and you're like, oh, I'm dead now. And okay. he's not just fine, he's literally invulnerable, isn't he? So Yeah, basically. There are... There are too many, even even in the first couple of missions, I've already come across too many, uh, a couple of occasions where it's just, the level of skill and visual acuteness required is just insane. There's, there's a section sort of towards the, towards the start where some guys breach a door, um, and you kill those dudes, which is 
fairly difficult enough because they're wearing armor and are basically bullet sponges. Um, takes takes a, a while to actually down them, and then you've got to try and make your way backwards. Um, and there's some guys sort of out this little window, but they're at such weird angles. There's like a couple of them jump in. There's a couple of them on the roof, which you can only just see through the slightest of cracks where they're standing. Um, and of course, they can shoot you with perfect accuracy through this tiny gap. And uh, it's just ah, already the demand is high on on the player. And it's like I'm, I'm I'm not entirely sure to quite have grasped the concept of what was wrong with the previous games, and that is exactly what you're saying: cheat death, uh, cheat deaths, and computer opponents that are just far far better than you can you can be, even with the crazy auto aim. I guess they were expected to stick to the formula to a, yeah. uh, to a big extent because Modern Warfare Two was such a huge success in terms of sales. Uh, oh, absolutely. Well, people get into the multiplayer. That's why it sells, not for the campaign, let's be honest. Right, it's, okay. Uh, it's uh, the biggest... It's the same with Halo, really. The big following comes from the multiplayer, or the majority of following. I and guess that's uh, true, but Halo, you've got the massive amount of... Uh, there's, there's people who are really into multiplayer, but you've still got like people really into the story and the lore and all that stuff. And I suppose... There's more to that get into is... in Halo, because it's ongoing, and it's the same story, I guess. In, yeah. In the Call of Duty environment, it's either history or a slightly twisted version of history that doesn't make much sense, as in Modern War, or, you know, they're painting a slightly weird picture like Modern Warfare did. I don't get on with the stories in Modern Warfare. They kind of go too far, you know. In the classic problem that Spooks has, that when they try the crazy-ass, over-the-top, super-doom storylines, they never work. Yeah, well, my problem with Spooks is that, like, I can't suspend my disbelief for Spooks because it's British. <laughs> so, like, with, if it's 24, I'm like, I'm okay with it being really ridiculous because it's California or something. It's like, for some reason, I can suspend my disbelief because it's like Jack Bauer and stuff. But when it's Spooks doing something basically the same, uh, I'm just like, British people are like this. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> we'd be really bored and like you know am I, I i like my sort of mi5 dramas to be more like sort of tinker taylor soldier spy and be really sort of old men in suits and things rather than like dashing spies and stuff because i know that's more how it probably is you know and there's, there's some yeah, reason probably. because spooks is british i find it harder to get on with anyway but people that's... just looking through documents going this looks russian Probably. And they're all like... Well, for all we know, Section D, to me, the weird thing about Spooks is that Section D seems to be about five guys, and they seem to be at the heart <laughs> yeah. of like, every important security threat. What happened to C, B, and A? Are they like... Yeah. Is like A, HR, or something, and B is like the maintenance <laughs> man. And they could well be. <laughs> Section B, MI5, what do you do? Clean lose. I but I, I heard that at least... <laughs> Secretively, the, the, so no one sees me. Isn't the Blackout storyline, like, I mean, you've only just started, but it's a bit less insane than, like, Modern Warfare 2, which just sounded... It, I mean, the I don't... I mean, the story in Shooters isn't always the focus or whatever, and uh, so no, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy a right shooter. So. Yeah, exactly. But, like, the, the what I heard about the story of Modern Warfare 2 really put me off. To be honest, like buying well, it, because it's it an just interesting concept. Like I couldn't... It's it's an interesting concept. It's like you start the game in 
uh, an interrogation chair. And actually, the start oh, okay. is actually really well done because the main oh, menu cool. is actually you sitting in this interrogation chair. Um, and there's like monitors about you, and one of them has the menu on it and stuff that you choose from. And oh, uh, cool. when, you, when you say start new game, there's no interrupts, there's no loading sequence, it just starts there. The menu you, just fades away. Yeah, well, the menu, okay. yeah, the menu, the screen just changes to something else and the scene starts. Oh, and great, I that, like that. You know, that was actually very smooth, and I'm like, hmm, neat one. Um, but because of that, there's no sort of mission briefings and stuff because it's all told through flashback. The story. Oh, cool. So it's like you're recalling what's happened in uh, in the events leading up to your capture, and in the terms of uh, you know electro interrogation, basically. And it seems like even you can't remember properly what's happened, so you need some uh, help to get it out of you. That sounds a bit like that Brothers in Arms, where you had to remember everything that had happened. So you remembered yeah. levels. Do you remember this, that? This... I don't think yeah. I ever played that. Or... Okay, fair enough. Uh, I don't have any knowledge of it. So, but that way you can jump around time without having to explain, because years have passed. Yeah, so can... it's 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 played its odd memory card already as well. There's like a scene where a very quick scene that you start off in, and then all of a sudden you go ah and get electrocuted or something, and then uh, there's a sort of like a a seizure type effect on screen, kind of like the Mass Effect two like Prothean beacon thing, and. Uh, Oh, yeah. you sort of cut, then it's, you're suddenly somewhere else, and it's like, right, let's go. And you're like, well, what's going on? Um, okay. And uh, it's like so it's occasionally, very... occasionally flashes in memory, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, what, the, what they've uh, the, the the thing I read in one of the reviews today uh, of it, well, the game trailers review actually, and it was they were saying that the uh, that the cutscenes play out a lot like seizures, and uh, yeah, <laughs> they're not wrong. Okay. The, the, the loading screens have been replaced with like uh, these hash-up sort of seizure type things, kind of like from the yeah, it, almost identical to the Mass Effect Prothean Beacon Vision kind of right. sort of quick changes between shots and stuff. And it's, uh, with the sound design as well in Mass Effect is quite for those visions is quite good, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of sort of uh, strange effect sound effects going on while 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 you're sort of blinking around these images, and it's a uh, yeah, it's a little funny, but that, that's all. Every loading screen is like that as well. So when you even when you quit the game and go back to the menu, you have a seizure. And <laughs> <laughs> that's really weird. Sounds cool though. I'm kind of. I mean, it's it's, it's cool in the concept. Of, I mean, it's cool in the concept of the campaign. But I hope to God every loading screen isn't a seizure because it could get quite painful after a while. Yeah, it's like when I when annoying. I play the multiplayer and it's loading the map or something. I don't want to be sitting there going, "Oh my God, epilepsy." Yeah, I hope they've got a seizure warning to protect you from the seizures. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I'm not sure I actually saw one as it came as the game started. It's like you know, yeah. a lot of games occasionally have that sort of consult your doctor before playing message. They something. do. And uh, so, what's and, the uh, first level about? Don't actually, cause seizures. <laughs> it's like the one thing that can't cause a seizure is a visual representation of a seizure. <laughs> Well, yeah, I can, I, I, can, I can probably tell you what the first level is about. That's not too much of a spoiler, and everyone who's interested has probably already bought and played it by now. But yeah, the well, first level is about, is about you. It's set in the 60s, and it's about you um, uh, killing Castro, basically. Oh, cool. Uh, so it's a mission into this compound while there's a massive distraction going on. I take and, it you uh, fail. <laughs> well, no. You kill him, but it's a double. Ha ha! Oh. And, you, and, and you sort of sacrifice yourself in order to let the rest of your team go, 
and get promptly get captured by the Russians, who are working with Castro and uh, um, the, the you know it was all a setup basically. So it's like the Bay of Pigs, is it? Uh, invasion? Yeah, basically. Or... Okay. Ooh, that sort of cool. time. That sort of time. So it's JFK, the... yeah, in the White yeah. House and stuff. Have you heard about the um, the zombie mode that gets unlocked or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the start, I think. But I'll you do get, you. You, you. But you unlock extras, extra maps and stuff. Um, but the special zombie mode that... I think you only get it at the end, but I saw leaked footage. Oh, of the it special and... game! Yeah, no, it's a. I've heard things that it's actually like an Easter egg or something. You have to find it. Right. And, um, um, this is what I heard. I, again, I don't know because I, I don't take my word to heart. I'm only in that. I played it for about an hour, but um, I heard that you can actually sort of get up out of the seat somehow in, in the main menu, and then you can find it. Oh, in the back. oh, that's clever. <laughs> and it's like an arcade machine. Because I've seen the foot, some footage of it online, and it just it looks, looks really cool. <laughs> it, it made it made it it made me really want the game almost immediately the first moment I saw it because it's just mm. so hilarious. It's like, I mean, it's not a spoiler because it's nothing to do with the story, yeah, but I guess because it's an Easter egg. Can I tell you what it is? Do you think what or at least, yeah, it's, um... it's just a zombie mode? But the difference is that you're in the Pentagon, and you're, it's like four player, like Left 4 Dead or whatever. But the four people are. Uh, Robert McNamara, JFK, Richard Nixon, and Castro. Oh, that is a bit of a spoiler, actually. <laughs> and you all play... I'll be honest, because that's you... different from what I was thinking of. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think it affects the storyline in the main game. It's just no, a bit no, of ridiculousness. Uh, so, yeah. But, I mean, there's just people doing hilarious impressions of, like, all all four of those historical figures while they're like shoot, <laughs> while you're seeing through their eyes shooting zombies it's like just having jfk going lock and load and stuff in his comedy accent because <laughs> uh, and they've got like they don't really sound like them they sound like extreme versions of of them like jfk really sounds like mayor quimby in the simpsons because of course mayor <laughs> quimby is someone doing him, yeah. an impression of jfk and you've got richard Duxon, you know with the ridiculous comedy voice and uh and Castro's got his cigar and stuff. It just looks so hilarious. Somebody bastard. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, it's almost like Watchman-esque, I suppose, because it's like an alternate history with mm. with Nixon and stuff. Uh, Nixon is but yeah. badass. <laughs> just oh, shit. Like that. <laughs> you know, that was information. <laughs> Rob's virus update. <laughs> my, my, my computer is... Uh, Safely protected. <laughs> Thank oh, you, computer. You bastard. Good today. It's good today. Yeah. Um. Callum, the guy, uh, who lives in the room across, he 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 was like plays a lot of Modern Warfare Two multiplayer, and uh, mm. he and his friends all went down for the midnight launch or whatever of, uh, and he got the day off work so that he could play Black Ops all day. You know, <laughs> that he's that yeah. kind of craziness. And um, I went in his room to have a look at him playing a bit of the multiplayer. And the thing with Callum is, it's hard to tell because almost everything out of his mouth is something negative. So <laughs> he's just such a downer. So it's like, oh shit! But of course, he probably doesn't think it's. He probably thinks it's all right. It's just really hard to tell. But he did say, look at the graphics; they're not much cop. And I did look at that one multiplayer level that he was playing, and it did look mm. quite drab. I imagine the single player has a lot of spectacular set pieces and jungles and all kinds of it's, coolness. But It's not bad looking. There are, there's yeah. the occasional really awful texture. I'll be yeah. honest. There's a bit where you break into a house early on, and you're just like, 
really? They went for that wall texture? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a bit poop. But it's it's not really a step up from the previous game. And no. N- nor is it a step down. So it's uh, if you take it for what it is, it's fine. I mean, the smoke they... effects still look lovely. It's been Call of, Call of Duty has always been good at doing smoke effects. To the That's point true. where they get really irritating when you're indoors. Like, one of the early sections has you fighting in corridors with people taking cover behind stuff. But it's quite dusty in the air. And it hit walls and stuff, it puts more dust in the air. So seeing the enemy through the dust is really bloody hard. You're basically relying on auto-aim to snap to the people you can't really see very well. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and that, that, that's the moment where I think the, the, the art direction or you know graphical style of Call of Duty isn't correct, is that it is often quite difficult to see people. Yeah. I mean, that, that scene I was talking about earlier with the window, it wasn't helped by the HDR lighting, basically, which made outside look a bit bloomy, meaning that the soldiers kind of blended into the bloom too much. Yeah, that's kind of cool made, in a way, though, hard. isn't it? If you yeah, think... I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly realistic-y, but I guess, but it's it just makes the game unnecessarily difficult so That's early true. on. And I mean it, that what you're saying about those these people in the window sounds almost identical to what you were saying about what was it, the favela level in Modern Warfare Two? Yeah, well, it's not even really a proper it's hard to describe really. It's like a, a sort of walkway, so it's not really a window per se, but it's um yeah, it's you're out out of a building onto a walkway and then there's people coming as I say, on the opposite building on the other side of the walkway, and the sort of angles they can shoot right. through are really are really tight, basically. It's, it's just a bit awkward. Like the first time you just walk through there and you go, right, what the heck just killed me? That, that marker looked like it came from behind. And it's like, no, no, it's just someone to the side of you shooting you at a very strange angle. And... So do you get so, any uh, cool weapons or anything in the first bit? Uh, grenade launcher and a normal sort of rifle thing. You can nick some okay. AKs if you want. So it's... I'm hearing that there's going to be lots of flamethrowers. <laughs> I hope so. They love their flame effects, apparently. They made well, Treyarch-like things. And then everyone was like, oh, fuck, these are awesome. We don't use them all the time. Well, well have you seen like the trailer? I, I saw a trailer the other day. Well. Yeah, that's true. They do. But I saw this trailer for Battlefield Bad Company 2, uh, colon, Vietnam something. Anyway, it was. It's basically, you know, 1943 is an update of 1942 for modern consoles or whatever. Mm. It seems like that this is an update of Battlefield Vietnam for modern consoles, but they're using the Battlefield Bad Company name because it's associated with it's consoles. Yeah, it's DLC. I think it's DLC. Yeah, I don't think it's even standalone. But anyway, I saw a trailer for it and just. Almost every second was filled with flamethrowers. It was just flamethrowers <laughs> everywhere. Flamethrowers on tanks, flamethrowers on blows, <laughs> just flames everywhere. It was like, wow, they've gone like super over the top with the flamethrowers. Awesome. That's, 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 that's what you need it's probably just playing into Bad Company's sort of comedy style, isn't it? Where they sort of just go a little... The, the trailers have yeah, always been like, that little well, bit over the top. Or it's like, oh, this fucking jungle, burn it all. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's Save got anything to do with the actual characters from Bad Company, though. Because it's just they a multiplayer... Like <laughs> yeah, they would. They would fit into Vietnam, wouldn't they? But but I'm not sure um, Not sure if they're doing that. Anyway, so uh, so thumbs up so far, but we'll hear more next so week, far, I'm sure. So far, but it's... Yeah, from my, so far it seems to be... 
you know, don't get me wrong, it is good, it is top tier. You can tell that through and through. But at the same time, it still suffers from all the things that, you know, it is it is frustration gaming, really. If you want to step up the skill level, it is frustrating and random more than it is a, a challenge of skill, I think. I have to say, it's still, maybe it's just the setting, but it does interest me more than, or at least tempt me to buy it much more than Modern Warfare 2 did. Because I'm actually kind of surprised at myself that I never got that, because I'm, you mm. know, it's a pretty hardcore series, and I've, I usually end up getting all the shooters on, you know, like, um, Gears of War well, the, the, or whatever. The main, the main ones, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, because I like shooters, but something about that put me off, so I might have to return to the fold. Because I think by the time a, no, a new Call of Duty comes out after this, they're going to have to do something different, I think. I mean, I, I, not only I if they've got all these personnel changes, but yeah, I yeah. think this formula is up, really. Yeah, they, they, it's been milked too much, I think, now. They need to do something drastic, like when they first moved to COD 4, for instance. They need to... Yeah, that uh, was a big shift, They need, need to do something. I don't think they will, but they need to. It's like Modern Warfare 2, I actually thought, you know, for for the campaign-wise, it actually sort of took everything that was irritating about the first game and made that the centrepiece, <laughs> almost. It's like it made um, made the, the stuff about shooting through smoky corridors and uh, uh, sort of lots of enemies with ridiculous point-black aim, the normal on Modern right. Warfare 2, whereas on the first game it was bearable. You could play through most of it on Veteran and it would feel okay. You wouldn't feel too bad about it. But then they just went mental on the second one. And yeah. uh, even in hardened mode, Black Ops has some elements of that creeping into it. It's uh, it's like they're taking it in the wrong direction, personally. But I mean, they are maybe kind it's of more hard. realistic, I guess, but. At the That's same, true. You know, in a real firefight, you wouldn't have time to think. Oh, I've been shot in the face. Yeah, but in a real firefight, you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> run across cover, get shot about five times, wait, and then and then you'd be perfectly fine. Or uh, but if you got shot six times, then then you're beyond hope of recovery. <laughs> it's slightly different, <laughs> isn't it, in real life? <laughs> anyway, uh, at least it's definitely going to be better than uh, Medal of Honor because that was a bit of a disappointment on all accounts. Uh, is there a demo for that? I might have a go at that. But it's, it sounded like it was seriously full of invisible walls. And like, you can't go this way, except you can later, but only once this guy has stopped talking, and then we'll remove the invisible wall, and then you could go that way. Or no, bits where the um, other dudes sort of barely cover the entrance or something, and you think, oh, I could fit through there. I just want to see what's over here. Oh, no, wait, I can't. No, you can't. Yeah. I heard I I saw a, a review of uh, Black Ops that said there were and it said it used the words enemy wells and I was like oh uh, god that's yeah, back yeah, to yeah. the old Call of Duty has it got that because um, Call of Duty so, Two yeah. was awful for that a, yeah, I think I've come across a couple already where yeah, yeah Call, Call of Duty Two was bloody bad for that and actually that's ridiculous. Call, of Duty, Call of Duty Four had that as well and um, and yeah it, you're right it has it has already been noticeable a couple of times the basic tactic is to uh, essentially, just clear a wave and then run forward as, as far as far as you can and hope your AI keep up to distract them while while you move forward and get past the point where they stop spawning. Right? It's a bit. It's a bit of a yeah. It's a bit of a crapshoot though because you could like clear out an area and then you'll move forward and the next bit of cover might suddenly be um, 
there might just be a, a you know you'll turn a corner and the next bit of cover you can actually get to has a million guys already on it and it's like oh shit and then you're pretty much dead and there's nothing you can do about it so sort of yeah, running it, forward in those sections is very hit and miss it's and basically a gamble isn't it because you can't absolutely. just stay still because they'll come forever but then if yeah. you gamble it then you might end up getting screwed and it's like well this isn't you know, this isn't rewarding my choices, you know? Or... There was there was one section that was a little bit confusing, yeah, like that. So I, I, I hung back thinking that was the actual, what I had to do um, at that section. And then I figured, hang on, I'm running out of ammo here. This can't be right. Um, and they're still coming, and then, right? And then it turns out you do have to make another one of these sort of uh, long pushes, basically. Yeah, to get past that point. I mean... It was so... I mean, they cover it quite nicely these days, but Call of Duty 2 is like... You're in Stalingrad. It's like it, everything in the game is trying to convince you that you're you're immersed in this... The biggest battle in terms of number of casualties in the history of human existence and, like, things are going off. And then and then when you get... To, well, it's like, no wonder you, they have an endless supply of Russian yeah, babies. But when you notice that this is happening, it becomes just a computer game suddenly again. You know, it becomes, yeah. it totally breaks the immersion. And it's a real shame because they go to so much effort to, to, to make it spectacular and, and uh, look, you know, like you're in a film or whatever, yeah. a, a war movie. And then, and then suddenly it's like, nope, it, you know, it, it yanks you mind, out of it. I actually wouldn't mind playing Call of Duty 2 again because I Not actually really, game. I really, really enjoyed that actually. And I played through it the first time. And, uh, I mean, it had and some I, and cool bits. I did bits some that... of it in Veteran as well, and it was still fun doing it in Veteran, so it was, uh, uh, which says something. I mean, that one that I even played. I, I think you probably played it, Zach. Because uh, was it the one? The only, the only thing was it the one where the M1 Garand was fucking awesome. <laughs> I think that might have been the original. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was. The original. <laughs> Although. Although, yeah, because the thing is, uh, Call of Duty 2 was the first one with regenerating health, which was the fir- one of the first games to copy it off Halo, I think. And it was the w- certainly because Halo obviously has regenerating health, but it, you can see it on the HUD or whatever yeah, with the yeah. bar. Whereas uh, I think Call of Duty 2 was the first one that I can think of that did the whole, oh, your vision is getting all bloody and red. Just wait yeah. for a bit and it'll go away. So an invi- so that you can't see. And... Uh, yeah, Which I think is, you're probably right. Yeah. I think it, I figure it probably was the, the 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 first to do that in a sort of uh, assumed way. Yeah, because the original Call of Duty had health packs, and because yeah. uh, that basically was just well, it was the uh, standard fo- then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was following on from a uh, Medal of Honor Allied Assault because it was pretty much the same team, and uh, Medal of Honor Allied Assault was one of the first shooters to copy what Half Life did and do, and you know, do big set pieces, which is what Call of Duty is all about now. In fact, they do it better than anyone, really. If you think about massive set piece gaming, that's they're the ones to do it, aren't they? With, mm. I mean, you know, no Russian and stuff like that. And, and But uh, Call of Duty 2 had some nice... Because you get, like, vehicle sections, you get that AC-30 section, AC-130, sorry, in uh, Mon Warfare, don't you? And, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Which they got brought Black back Ops. in the second. <laughs> of course they brought yeah. back, because everyone fucking loves that. Well, and it, was, it wasn't really, any, you couldn't really lose that section, was, it was <laughs> no. the thing about it. It was, even, even in veteran, it was uh, a bit easy. But maybe that was the what? point, maybe it was just a little sort of, like, fun aside, rather than... Well, one of the coolest things about that was that the the filter they put to make it look like it was through one of those, you know, infrared lenses, yeah. just that made well it yeah. it made it look 
pretty much the same as reality because when you put reality through one of those filters, it looks so messed up. You know, mm. it's pretty much one to one the same, isn't it? So in a sense, it was photorealistic, in a way, just bad photos, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. is what, what, what made it kind of cool. Uh, but uh, uh, but going all the way back to Call of Duty Two, that had vehicle sections. That had a whole section where you were a tank and you were in the desert, and it was uh, you were like a British cruiser tank, and you. Uh, and you had to find. I don't remember that. You had full 360 control. It wasn't like on rails or anything. Mm. Uh, I remember there was a few of those in Call of Duty 2, but we were in and, the back uh, of the truck. <laughs> that happened quite a few times. I love those as well. Yeah. Yeah, there are a few of those. But, I mean, there wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it was a nice change of pace. And mm. uh, I'd like to see them do more sort of fun vehicle stuff. I quite liked the artillery section in that as well, where you're standing on a building sort of spotting for the artillery guns. That was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, stuff like that. That's cool. No, has it... Do you think it's been long enough? Because everyone complained for so long about too many World War II games, didn't they? Has it really been that what long, do you think? has it? It's been, it's been two years, I think, since anyone attempted a World War II, hasn't it? Because World at War was probably the last one. Oh, I suppose that's really true. Did. And, uh, when was the last brothers, not... brothers in Arms or whatever? Those continue to come out way too often. Uh, I don't know when that was. It must have been a little while ago, though, mustn't it? Because I suppose it, the it, new it, never a very big deal. that long ago either. I guess, and that's technically nuts. <laughs> that yeah, count? but that doesn't that doesn't count because it's like fantasy World War Two, isn't it? Fantasy Nazis. It's like I never really counted the whole Wolfenstein thing as just <laughs> Return to Castle Wolfenstein. I don't really lump that in with with uh, Call of Duty. It was probably around the same time. Mm. I think it used the same... Didn't Call of Duty 1 use the uh, Quake 3 engine? So I think it's the same engine. Might have done, yeah. Anyway, not that matters. Mm. But do you think there'll be a renaissance in uh, Second World War shooters at some point Possib- in the future? Possibly, possibly. I hope that... No, I, I'd like to think they'd leave it for a bit, because, let's be honest, they must be running out of ideas. Yeah. For, for a good World War Two shooter And everyone engaging. knows regenerating health just ruins World War Two. <laughs> Do you think? Why? It's like, in the modern age, it, it's like, you can almost sort of semi-excuse it for it. Like, oh, maybe you were hit in the body armor and it just really hurt, or, you know, <laughs> or you can survive blood loss better because, you know, just inject yourself with morphine or some shit. Uh, we just happen to have coagulants on hand. Yeah. You have a morphine in World War Two. Well, yeah, but not like not, not every soldier carried like syringes in their legs or whatever. No, like, that's you true. know, all those pockets that modern soldiers have <laughs> to carry random shit like that. Well, do you think it should be like Far Cry Two, where you have to like pull bullets out of your arm and things and inject <laughs> yourself with? I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe maybe someone should make another attempt at doing like the um, what the hell was it called? The battlefield, that battlefield game on the console where you just jump between people when you die. Do that, but in a big World War Two theater where there's like hundreds and hundreds of people like doing a beach assault or something. Oh, oh I think every time you die, you just go bing into another person. That would be really annoying, but it'd be kind of battlefield one combat, combat that was. Yeah, yeah. where you, you just take control of, cool. of another guy when you die. But that, let's not talk about that in the sense of it being good, because it wasn't. It, <laughs> well, okay. it, had some in, it had some interesting ideas, but it really didn't work that well. But that um, seems like an sort idea of moving between be able to the moving, made, moving from guy to guy was cool because you could actually run out of guys on some missions, and um, 
And most missions gave you the ability to switch at will, which was pretty cool. But, you know, you could just say, well, I don't really fancy the walk over there. Oh, there's someone already there. Uh, Ooh, and he has a rocket launcher. Let's just skip to him. And it had a really neat effect when you did it as well. It would zoom across the map. Like, um, it wouldn't just go to him. No, you'd have this cool swooshy motion going, like, charging across the landscape to him. Yeah. To the point where some of the missions were mini-games based on that, where you had to carve a path across the map using only people um, whooshing. It's like, get to this point. But you'd never reach there on, in time on foot, so you have to use your like consciousness teleportation to get there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, could you do it without dying? Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't kill off a... Bl- yeah, you could, you could switch at will, so you wouldn't have to oh, okay. kill a dude. It's like Hostile Waters or something, except with people yeah, a little bit, of yeah. little vehicles. I don't know. It was quite an interesting concept, and I'm surprised no one really picked up on it. I mean, it was, as I say, the game itself wasn't very well structured. It had enemy wells, things like that, across the levels. And it was just, by the end of the game, even on normal difficulty, it was rock solid. Mm. And, uh, you know, I never finished the last bit, or what I think is the last bit, because it was just so difficult. And you don't get any second chances if you fail. You have to do the whole mission again. There's no checkpoints. So, and it, it took a long time, some of them, and it's just, uh, yeah, it was a bit, it was difficult. It was a difficult game. But, you know, that swishy effect was so cool at times. There was a really neat one where I was on top of a building, and instead of just jumping, and, and it was, and, it, and I died, and it swished me to a guy who was on the ground floor. But instead of just uh, jumping off the building, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, like the camera just jumping off the building and going straight to him. It took the on-foot route, so it swished rapidly through the building and then through the alleyways around the building to get to the dude. And it looked really oh, long. cool. <laughs> so it path found its way around. <laughs> yeah, so rather than just, just jumping off the building, it, it sort of took it on foot, which is, which is cool. That's way cool. I like that. Hmm. So you've been playing anything else before... Uh... Uh, Black Ops. Yeah, we've had quite a lot of conversation for one hour of gameplay. So <laughs> we've nearly talked about it for as long as I've played it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've had a, had a number of uh, experiences this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> things happened. <laughs> Indeed, Robinson. Uh, well, one of which was, um, and this is again a very brief thing, but. Um, it was late at night, and I had about an hour before I was before I normally <laughs> go to totally bed. Great story. Late uh, night experience. It was, yeah, it was about an hour before I went to bed, and uh, you know I had some time to kill, so I uh, sat down, turned on the console, <laughs> on the controller, oh dear. turned on the vibration feature, and played some Project <laughs> Goth Four. Uh, sorry, Project Gotham. Racing Four. Four. Okay, yes. and so, because it's been so long since I actually properly sat down and played one of those games, I found it really refreshing. Oh, interesting. I w- I've been thinking about popping in a PGR three, but then I keep thinking no, because that's so old and so close to the launch that I'll just think graphics are pants. You know, I should really be playing PGR four, well, but I don't have say, it. You say that, but PGR three still could ho- can hold its own really it's it's still not a bad looking game because pgr the things remember pgr4 isn't actually a massive step up they only really ah. added the, in in terms of well graphics and structure to be honest it's not a, an enormous step up it's basically pgr3 with more in it oh um, that's cool okay bits i mean bits of the graphics look better for instance the 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 cars the, the motion blur was the big thing about pgr3 it, it you know introduced 
it was the best example of the new technique for motion blur, which pretty much everything has now. And at yeah, the time, and it, it had a bit like, of HDR, didn't it? Yeah, and at the time it was when you know it was just that's incredible. That's that's like that's that's how it should be done, and that's, yeah. that's proper motion blur. Except for the fact it didn't apply to every object in the world. For instance, cars didn't have that, so sometimes mm. they looked really weird and stood out. Um, that doesn't seem to be an issue now, you know. So there's lots of little tweaks basically to make the game feel a bit more uh, more natural, including weather, doesn't... which is awesome. Yeah, doesn't it have like standing water and puddles and things? Yeah, you, the puddles are interesting because they do actually affect the car, and you can feel ah, it. And it's uh, okay. Um, it's that they're quite interesting. And of course, the other big addition was motorbikes, which are weird to be honest. I don't like playing as a motorbike because they just right. handle really strangely. But they're quite interesting to race against because of their different characteristics. They have to take. Well, can you mix them then? You can have mixed yeah. Races. There's car versus bike races, which are fun. But the, uh, okay. you know, in order in order to make it balanced, it means that you can't really fall off a bike very easily. But well, that's um, fair enough. You can fall off, but it's harder, and it, you don't really. If someone rammed you in a car, for instance, it's not you that gets penalised for it. So it's good. Okay. Um, it's it's well balanced, but it, you know the bikes just feel weird. But they're fun to race against. How can you get sliding kudos from a superbike? They they do sort of drift a bit, they you know, do. only a little bit. They sort of have like an, an understeer sort of effect, or the or the rear tire kicks out a little bit, and mm, it's okay. uh, you know it's it's it basically if you sustain a corner for long enough, you automatically go into a sort of drift. But it's not like a a crazy super slidey one like you get in a car. It's a it's okay. a very subtle effect, and you still score points for it. And it's uh okay. So it right. still it still works. I mean, um, in the arcade mode, there's like um, um, there's a series of challenges, and most of them you have to do in both the car and the bike. Um, the same challenges. Oh right. So there's like okay. a uh, um, um <laughs> you've got to meet the same target. Well, the targets have changed slightly, but they you know. Does the it same still have that thing where you have to like vehicle. set your own target? Uh, no, unfortunately it. not. That was. Did they okay. ever do that since PGR, since uh, MGS? Original. MGR, sorry. Oh, oh no, MSR. That's MSR. It. No, it was definitely in... <laughs> MG- was definitely MGS in... is a very different game. <laughs> it, was def- it was definitely in a PGR, I'm pretty sure. I played I'm a lot of sure. PGR, the first one. P- P- uh, PGR had the gold, silver, had the medals, though, didn't it? Still. Yeah, but you could still set targets, and that affected... It had medals, and it had... Tar- I think it had both systems, or something. Mm. I can't remember. It was it was actually fairly complicated, but I played almost all of PGR, which is unusual for me for a racing game. Like, I completed... Oh, goddamn. I was listening back to the podcast last week, and I'm saying like again all the time, so you have to <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Yeah, but I got almost to the end of that, and... Uh, yeah. What was I saying? <laughs> anyway. You were trying so yeah, to say like, you said yeah, and then paused. That was what <laughs> well... Yeah, no targets. I was... Well, MSR started that, didn't they? They didn't have a concept yeah. of medals. It was like the amount of kudos you got as a bonus was determined by the difficulty That's of right. the challenge you set yourself, which was a fascinating. No, I'm pretty thing, sure it meant anyone PGR could play had both. The game, but yeah, that was true. Uh, I, but yeah, I'm pretty sure PGR had both uh, medals and targets that you for kudos that you could set that would. Uh, affect things. It was actually yeah, fairly it's, complex. It's, it's, it's not like that now. They've taken right, the PGR okay. 3 stance where you choose a medal to aim for. Right, that's cool. Okay. So, yeah. obviously, you know, if it's a race, you choose gold, which corresponds to first position or something like that. Or, yeah, or platinum. Or... 
It's like um, the, the bronze is usually really easy. Then there's a big step up to um, to the silver level. Like the difference between bronze and sil- bronze and silver level is massive. Um, you can do a bronze one. You know, anyone could should pro- you know almost anyone could do a bronze level. Then the silver ones actually take some take a tiny bit of skill. There's a few challenges that I, that I can only manage to do in silver at the moment. And then gold start pushing that silver one till its limits. It's like silver is a silver is a good time basically. And to See, get the other problem, ones, you actually have to be pretty good to achieve them. I I, I like this the idea of that system, but for me because I'm so OCD, I will not go past a a, a challenge without having got gold. So, I, uh, despite yeah. the fact that you, I could have got silver and just carried on, kept playing the game, I will not do it! Yeah, <laughs> I must I know, get I know gold for everything! I'm and the same. The like... only ones I've left at silver are the ones I couldn't push further. Yeah, exactly. And then you feel really bad about them all the time. Yeah. I, yeah, and I don't, feel don't like... even get me started on the platinums. They're, they're yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. I don't mind so much if it's like platinum, like it's like a S plus rank or something on the Sonic Adventure you know, or whatever. <laughs> I don't mind not not getting perfect, but I I think of gold as like the gold standard as the one I should get for everything. So I will get stuck if they mess up their targets that they've set slightly so that it's slightly too hard compared to the previous races or their difficulty curve it's slightly wrong. Then I will just sit there for hours getting really annoyed yeah. trying to get gold without carrying on with it. Ah, oh, yeah. so annoying. Well, the interesting twist to the formula in PGR4 is the career mode, which isn't the same as it has been before. I mean, in previous games, you've, okay. you've always had a list of challenges, haven't you? you go to, you've got a challenge for this, um, you know, the sort of categories, wasn't there? And within the category, there was a certain number of challenges, and you could tackle them sort of in, a, in the order you wanted. Like a certain number of medals, for instance, would unlock um, challenges forever up the chain. Um, the career mode doesn't like doesn't work like that. It's like a set path of events that happen in order. However, if okay. you fail them, um, you uh, that moment in the unless you choose to restart it, obviously, which you can do, you can choose not to. But that moment in the calendar then is gone. Right. The day passes, say, or the days pass, and then the next thing you do is something else. So if an event comes up that you're not particularly fond of, for instance, you can just choose to not do it. Okay. And then the calendar moves on to something else. But, of course, that means you might miss something and blah, blah, blah. And there are achievements attached to certain competitions that come up <laughs> and uh, um, things like that. So, But presumably they come up in the next season. So if you if you, if you you do, don't do something, just do it again next year. And it'll... <laughs> do you remember the worst idea ever, though, when, when like, Tiger Woods had a calendar system? Apart from it was linked to the actual date. <laughs> It's like oh yeah! Do the event on the specific day, then you were fucked for an entire year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was really funny. They expected you to sort of come on to that specific game at like for the re- I mean, for the rest of that that year, let alone the next year. I mean, how much dedication do they expect yeah. you to have? And that you're only going to be playing it for like 15 minutes or something for that day and so you'd have to look at the calendar in the game and write it into your actual calendar as in things to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh i've got to go on pga it's not even connected to the internet and you still think oh i've got to go on tiger woods pga tour 2003 on my gamecube make sure i plug in the right disc because there are two and uh <laughs> was that two and three or was that only four that had two i think it might be four that was I think a good sentence right. 
I think you're right. <laughs> uh, I think was it's there four. two in three? <laughs> well, my problem with that was that um, you had those events that would skip uh, holes yeah, between the courses. On different courses on different discs. So every hole they, you had to change the. Because they, the they didn't even figure ahead just to make them all on one disc and then switch and then all on the other disc. No, the GameCube port was fairly lazy, wasn't it, really? Because they, yeah. they obviously designed it for Xbox and PlayStation where the bigger disc sizes were. It's true. It's pretty funny. Uh, so in PGR4, so the bikes... Is there a cockpit view for bikes? It like swing wildly. Yes, so you're like, yes it does. Awesome. Does that give you a headache? It does become sicko vision, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. That's cool. It's it's actually it, it's 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 slightly easier to control actually in that view, but I still you still don't want to do it because you don't you know the surround your surroundings are important. Um, I don't know. Project yeah. Gotham's not one of those games I want to play with the wheel, nor do I want to play it in cockpit view. It's actually one of the few racing games I actually still prefer to play in the sort of third person view. Yeah, which is odd. I mean, I don't, I can't really understand it because it is a sort. Although it's got arcadey handling, it's still a bit of a sim. It's not totally, um, you know, out of the realms of realism. And it's like, uh, for some reason, it just doesn't make me want to use the wheel. Mainly because of the stunts and stuff you have to do, and knowing where the rear end of your car is is um, fairly yeah. important. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think it is a bit more arcadey though. It's not like Forza. You're not going to get that feel from the car. Are you? But that's okay because I like arcade races, and uh, it's. I think it strikes a nice balance. PGR mm. uh, on a different level. I mean, Forza strikes a nice balance as well in the in that you can make it really realistic or you can turn it down. But I think PGR just hits a point for in that arcade style and just sticks to it because it's not it's not um, outrun or something genuinely no, 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 it's arcade. Not, it's not mental. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it. I think it's a nice balance on PGR. It's not Ridge Racer. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ridge Racer is just weird. Turn the opposite direction into the corner. Yeah, let's 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 path movement around them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's three, that, that tracks on the uh, N64 version of Ridge Racer, where the only way to really get through them was to pull a 360. <laughs> what? <laughs> As you go through the chicane, you're you're and actually just, sitting just at about. 360 degrees. Oh, I mean, genius. it does look retarded, yeah. but at the same time, you can't help but smile. The yeah. bits of Ridge Racer that are just fantastic. They've, Ridge Racer is a weird played... one because they've never quite got it right how how it handles. Except for they did this one the one time, and that was in back in Ridge Racer Type Four, which was a fantastic game, and they got the handling spot on because it wasn't. Um, even the sliding mechanics weren't particularly pathy, but they introduced grip cars as well that you could handle in a sort of different way, um, you know, that weren't slidey. And, right. uh, the actual, and that was fantastic. The handling of that game was brilliant, and I played it a lot. And it was, uh, yeah, it was very good. And they've never bothered going back to that approach again. Every subsequent game has been classic Ridge Racer, path movement sliding. I have to say, I really enjoyed playing Ridge Racer on the PSP. It was a launch game, and I guess that had the pathy thing. Yeah, that was pretty good. I thought it was a good. It was a, it was a pretty good game, the series. Because I mean, soon after that, you had Ridge Racer Six on the console, which almost wasn't even a full. Game. It looked kind of cool. It's yeah, it, it it borrowed a lot from the PSP game. Didn't it, it did. The same mechanics. Yeah. And if you put those same mechanics onto the 360, it doesn't feel right. 
but somehow yeah. it worked on the PSP. On, on the handheld, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so I know exactly yeah. what you mean. It was, it was a, yeah, Ridge Racer Six was all right though. I managed to play through a lot. There, there's a, there was a lot to Ridge Racer Six as well. Well, it had that sort of hex was, system, didn't it? So yeah, it had sort of a like million a of challenges. Events. Yeah, yeah, it went on for ages. I think my it friend did go on for ages. A, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, I managed to get through it in the end, but it's uh, it does take an age. Um, oh yeah, weirdly, I don't know why the Ridge Racer has reminded me of it. Well, actually, probably because Ridge Racer Seven has 3D DLC available on the um, PS3 now, so you can play Ridge Racer Seven in 3D. Um, when did Ridge Racer Seven come out? Sorry, I'm ignorant. <laughs> oh, that was a. Uh, it was. It wasn't that long after um, Ridge Racer Six, to be honest. All oh, right. Well, it wasn't. It's not well, a new no, game. Then. That's, that's not quite right because Ridge Racer Six was out before the PS3 launch, I believe, because it was fairly close to the. It's fairly yeah. soon after the Xbox launch, but it was soon after the PS3 launch that they made Seven, which essentially was Six for the PS3. They didn't change. Oh, fair that. enough. Right. Okay. Um, and it, it's a uh, yeah, and they've added a 3D mode to it. But what what that reminded me of was that Black Ops mysteriously has a stereoscopic 3D option hiding away in its menu. Yeah. It's like, okay. why, why isn't anyone really shouting about this? This is. They have uh, talked about it, but I don't think they're shouting about it, probably because it's not very good. But they have talked <laughs> about it. It's not like a secret, I don't think. No, it's it's a weird one, because I haven't really heard much about it, and I just saw that and I thought, really? If that well, works, if that would to be... Try it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean... Well, the problem is, is it's on my Xbox, and I think in order to get it to work, you need an HDMI-enabled Xbox. Oh, okay. Because you need to be able to send the correct one. signal to 3D telly. Yeah, I think my brother does, yeah. Might so, be able to try it. Um, yeah, if I can borrow his Xbox, take it into work, and fire it into a Sony 3D TV and see what happens. That could be interesting. Yeah, or someone else you know might have one. But, um, yeah, definitely be worth a look. I'd yeah, like just, to hear just a report on that. It was that. just a surprising option. So anyway, yeah, PGR4 um, actually found quite refreshing. There's not many games that can get away with um, running the radio station to jazz. <laughs> what, or it did Beethoven. it for you, did it? Well, yeah, the first the first thing that came on when I started playing the game was Beethoven. So it's like, yeah. actually, you know what, that's cool, I'm leaving that. It's <laughs> 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 sort of strange. You're not clumsy like, like Beethoven as jazz, really. No, 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 there was jazz on the radio as well, <laughs> that came next. But okay. I, uh, I, I, I sort of said, oh, enough of this, and after a while, I thought, what else we got? And then the jazz station came on, so I left that on. And <laughs> Smooth jazz. Yeah, so. there's not many games that can pull that off, but PGR does it so well. Although I wish to bring back the radio from MSR. It's like add it, add a, a bit more songs made. to it because it was because it was really limited. But the, you know the way that it sort of had adverts and that were actually relevant at the time, and um, uh, the way. But they were real adverts, they were, right? Yeah, there were links between songs and things like that. But yeah, they were real ads, and it sort of totally added mm. to the feel of the game. I don't know because well, at this point the real time thing that was awesome as well. I think I've mentioned this before, but I loved how MSR had um, when you went to a city and you played there, um, it would be lit based on the actual time in that city. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, it did it's mean that idea. you saw you saw Tokyo at night all the time and in London during the day. Yeah, I mean, were, at the end of the day, it was an option. You could, you could choose yeah. to play arcade games outside totally. of that. That, that timer. I mean, the career was all set up like that, but you could do a single race at any time of day you wanted. And I wish they just had that option in PGR4 now that it has sort of time of yeah. day settings and 
and the weather stuff and things. They could have done something really clever and had, oh, it's currently raining over there. You might not want to do these events. <laughs> or do them for bonus points if you're hyped. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, I think they missed a trick there. That would be cool. I know, it's a good idea. Although, yeah. it, like, that might be a bit of a sort of jerk manoeuvre if it was like, <laughs> there's currently a hurricane, but it's okay, you can totally go out there and drive. That would be really cool, though. You'd like be, be driving in really strange conditions. That could be awesome. Yeah, but it would also be a bit kind of, you know... It's like, ah, a game. I don't think the game... It's totally destroying your town, but we don't care. I don't think the game is going to be able to... It's not going to be able to model the actual reality of the extreme of the weather that's actually going to be well, in a <laughs> 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 It'll probably be raining a bit. It's not going to be like a massive like, tiles flying off the roofs. Oh yeah, we programmed this in just in case there was a massive hurricane that killed hundreds of people in hmm. Indonesia at the time that you were going to play this track. But wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a total dick manoeuvre, but it would just be totally awesome. Just to, like, try and drive around the track while the whole city is getting fucked up. <laughs> in a sort of, yeah. a, you know, split-second-esque style, I guess. Yeah, maybe that could be a dick. Well, this, this lead, that's actually made me think of another thing. Um, uh, that, you know, was a brilliant idea at the time that no one seems to have copied. Um... This is back in the day where internet gaming didn't really exist yet, but do you remember Vanishing Point? Yeah, yes, on the sort of, yeah, the sort of, and, and there was a station version. Um, the, yeah, the sort of. Um, I can't remember. Did you like that or not? I loved it. I thought it was. <laughs> That's fantastic. right. That's right. Because um, like, people in general did, thought it was rubbish. I seem to remember. I thought it was uh, brilliant. I mean, the concept, the, the tracks were interesting. The uh, the cars, okay, they had a f- weird, weird handling, I'll be honest. It wasn't like anything else I've played. But strangely felt good when you got the hang of it. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I just loved the concept. It was basically a, a giant time trial game. There was no real proper racing. But the online was ahead of its time, really, because it, it was on the Dreamcast and on the PlayStation. They couldn't make use of true online. So what they did is they released um, uh, challenges every few days that put you on a track in a certain car with a certain traffic pattern. And this is where things got interesting, because occasionally they'd really do weird stuff with the traffic. Like, they'd make it oh. swerve all over the track in, like, snake bends, or make it so it sort of jutted around in regular patterns and stuff. So the traffic could always appear in the same places on the lap, and uh, you could... Um, plan your tactic accordingly and uh, things like that. And then it would be ranked online. And it's like, that's miles ahead of its time and was brilliantly done. And uh, the best thing about it, though, is you got updates during the race. So you re- when you reached a checkpoint, it told you your rank um, oh, during the cool. race. And it came up in a big, big stylish pop-up. So it's like, your current 126th. Ah, fuck, better do better. And stuff like that during the race. And it was... Games should do it was more of really that. Really cool. I mean, yeah, that, that's, um, this is what I'm saying. Is like these daily challenges, where they're not really having to rewrite the game. They're just sending different variables to make a challenge or something that people can compete in, uh, you know, every day and have these live updates as you're going through the race. That would be brilliant. Because it I mean, sounds like would, they were doing it, was, it right, you know. Yeah, I mean, Cause, it was cause at the time. It, it wasn't totally live. I have to admit, you connected once to get the current leaderboard and to get the challenge. Then you played it offline as many times as you wanted, and then at the end you uploaded, so you didn't 
you didn't have to keep your modem collection alive, which would have been expensive back then. And uh, um, so it, was, it wasn't totally live. But, you know, these days you could make it live. So the rank coming in is the actual rank at the time. And when people beat your score, it could be posted up immediately. Things like that. Yeah. And it could, it could all be done while you're on the track. And it's like, so if they do that, there's a that would be amazing. I'd, I'd want that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you have to use that data correctly, you know, in a way that, just like you're saying, that encourages you to, like, if it says 126 while you're going along and you think, I must do better, that's really cool. But, like, th- th- do you remember at the time when Xbox Live was new, Every game, like PGR2 or something, was like, holy shit, we have access to all this data. It's like, here's your local scoreboard, and here's the world scoreboard, and you're 3,249th or something. It's like, I don't really care. Why you, and and it cannot connect to Xbox Live or whatever, and it became almost an annoying feature. Because if you do it wrong, it goes all a bit wrong, you know? Yeah, true. Um, the, the the good examples though back then were PGR two I actually thought got it right because you could tell it to by by default show only friends for instance so you could that's right um, yeah so you, you didn't have to cycle stuff. through it <laughs> to get to the friends list which was a nice feature you know and at the time because it was new and stuff it was quite nice to see where you stood up on the leaderboards and it was in a nice position yeah in the that's UI, true. so it didn't take up the whole screen that you had to click through it was just there if you wanted to see it. You know, yeah. it was it was it was a really nice design, and there's not been many better designs since then. I mean, even PGR three and four make the misstep of at the end of a race, it gives you a full screen ranking that table, yeah. like fills the screen. It's like, I don't really want that. I just want a little don't update really in the corner yeah. to see see what it is. If I was going for the exactly. ranking, then I'd you know give me the option afterwards to show the table in full. But you know, it's it's not why I'm playing the game. It's not why I'm going through. And I'd like to be able to set that to show me my friends' times by default and remember that, you know, if I'm not interested in my global ranking. Because let's be honest, on those things, you're never going to be number one unless you're uh, a real shut-in <laughs> and amazing. Yeah. Well, it, it <laughs> ought to be like, okay, you can't really, you can't see your global ranking if you're 3,000 or something. Or, or, or you, uh, but you can go into the options and like, if you're within the top 100 or whatever, then you can choose a target time that's that's like within that, like the top 10, and then and then it keeps. So if you're trying to do it, then it will give you the information when you want it. But if you're not, yeah, we always had not... the option in PGR to download one of the top 20 um, odd ghosts, I think. Oh yeah, for any challenge, they, they were automatically uploaded. Which was kind of yeah, cool. that's right. I mean, yeah. Forza did it well as well in the sense that that had that, and as you say, once when you were in the menus, just browsing around, there'd be a little portion of the screen set aside to friends' times and things like that, so you could so you could just choose an event based on who'd beaten you. And it's like that's pretty uh, cool. Weirdly, it's like all of that was what we're talking at least five years ago now, and it's not really been yeah done people as, don't as do well so since then, except yeah. for. The new Need for Speed, which seems to be bringing it back, and, and weirdly they're patenting or you know giving it a crazy name. It's like powered by Autolog, and it's like it's not special. It has been, it's been done before. It's just no one does it anymore. Now you're making a big deal that you're bringing it back. I mean, fair enough, you're bringing it back. Fair enough, that's cool. Fair enough. If but, it's good, then fair enough. But yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean. Like people have done it, but it, it doesn't deserve a name. <laughs> <laughs> and you, it's it's because it's EA, it's isn't it? Game face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I was. It's yeah. 
Yeah, don't knock Vanishing Point. And they, yeah, the reviews weren't particularly favourable, but I thought it was fantastic. And it was really good looking for the time as well. Yeah. Okay. It was a, it was I, a, I haven't it played it, It was a pretty it, so. game. Maybe it'll come out on Live Arcade one day in yeah. the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, live support, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Anyway, I think it was the only uh, game that studio made, unfortunately, and then they disappeared. To anything else? This uh, yes. Um, Brutal Legend. I started playing Ooh. that. I saw you playing that on live, yeah. How's it going? It's funny. I'll be honest. It's probably the game. Oh, yeah, it is quite funny. Well, at least it's my sort of humour, anyway. Let me put it that way. It's uh, okay. It's if you like Jack Black, it is that all the way through, and it's 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 well, it's a combination of Jack Black and if you liked uh, Double Fine's previous games, like if you liked the humour in Psychonauts, it does borrow a lot of that. Right. With some okay. with some very obvious references in places as well. Well, Tim including the, including the end of years, level celebration, it? yeah, including the celebration dance that's in Brutal Legend at a couple of points. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Wear goals that are apparently for no reason, apart from that they have <laughs> dramatically. Yeah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> but no, it, it is funny and it is pretty cool. Um, or at least the start of the game. The start of the game lays on the comedy quite thick, as in it's mostly just the majority of the start of the game is, is story, and then it starts to open up a bit and you find yourself doing missions, some of which work and some of which don't, I'll be honest. Some of the secondary missions are a bit what-the-fuck-just-happened kind of stuff. Like the, um, the one of the, the, the mission secondary mission types you can choose to do, because oh, I should point out it's kind of open world. Um, you can choose right. to sort of go to a place and do this mission now, please. Um, and doing that mission gives you tribute, which lets you buy um, uh, upgrades. <laughs> tribute. Yeah. And uh, well, uh, being yeah, a Jack yeah, so, Black, so you, that's smartly hilarious. But yeah. it's, it's quite cool. And yeah, you go to you, you, some some of these uh, secondary missions are like <laughs> um, uh, one of them is like an ambush thing where you, you meet up with a group of dudes who's like supposedly ambushing some guys coming the other way. Except there's no real ambush to it. They just walk up to you and have a fight. Um, and sometimes it starts in such a chaotic point where it's like, oh crap, they're actually right on top of us. Right, how do I actually defeat these without my dudes dying? Because the point is defeat them without all of your guys dying. That's the point of the mission. And it's like, well, sometimes it doesn't give you enough time to figure out what's happening. Or sometimes you just win and don't know what happened. Or you'll just die and don't know what happened. And it's, uh, those are crap. Hmm. The rest of it's fine. Okay. And so, even the sort of... We- I've only got to the point where it started introducing the RTS-y sort of elements. Right, and, uh, that's interesting. Because that's really the actual game, ultimately, isn't it? They tried to make like a whole game out of that for multiplayer that was like a, yeah. supposed to be a, like a big deal. Yeah, like I mean, it's interesting. Be- it is interesting. I mean, the, the, pro- the main problems I have with it are not so much mechanics per se because it is a simple rts i mean the, the way it pans out is as you fly about the battlefield you can give orders to the people that are nearby and the people that hit can hear your voice for instance will do what they're told okay. and um, um and things like that the setting long range orders is a bit difficult say you want to move some people from your base all the way to the other end of the the field that can be a bit awkward um, mm. even though it's supposed to have like a command marker system, but the only way to really get that to work is to set a marker, then fly to your units, and then tell them to go to the marker, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. So that's a bit weird. 
Um, okay. But, and you can choose to sort of stop flying around and join the fight if you want, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, the basic idea is you have to um, build merch booths on fan geezers and um, in order to get money to build more units and progress your way uh, to yeah to get more <laughs> more fan praise basically, which is your currency for buying units, and then force them across the level to eventually destroy the enemy stage. And it's uh, and for the most part that that's it's simple enough and works. Um, the difficulty comes in, as I say, the controls and uh, to a certain extent telling units apart from a distance. Okay, yeah. It's really bloody hard to see which units are yours and which are the enemies. Oh, okay. You don't mean what type of units they well, are. Well, no, that like... too. That's kind of awkward as well. I mean, most of them sort of stand out. Like, at the moment, you've only, uh, you've only got... At the, at the bit I'm at, you've only got three different unit types anyway. You've got okay. the headbangers, which are your melee guys. Um, the razor girls, which use the uh, the gutted spines of, like, motorbike boars, as, which are mysteriously uh, gun-like. So they're, like, your ranged troopers. And... Uh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's fairly cool. awesome. And uh, and and then you get these guys um, headed up by Lemmy, who um, drive around on um, uh, motorbikes with giant speakers out the back playing bass guitar, and the soothing bass riffs heal your units. <laughs> oh, nice! So there's your. Uh, medics, the medics or... basically, yeah. So they're yeah. easy. They're, they're sort of easy awesome. to tell apart, but that you know, from a distance, it's hard to see. You just have to work out what they're doing, basically, whether they're in the fight or firing shot, like lasery type things. Or... Yeah. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. the problem. But yeah, it's it's actually pretty good. It's, there's a lot to find in the world as well. Like there's just items scattered about and bits of legend to find and. So is the and open world actually sort of interesting in terms of? Because sometimes you get open worlds and they're open and you think, great, I can go over there. And you go over there and what's there over there is the same as where you were before you started. <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's, it's like an empty landscape almost sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, I do know what you mean. Um, there's not much in the way of amazing stuff to find as far as I can tell. I mean, you do find a beach party at one point, which serves no purpose other than to just be something different to find. But, um, I mean, you know where all the missions are generally. They're like marked on your map. And you know, but there are like um, things to find, like there's hidden serpents and things like that. Like that, you know, once you find and free, uh, you please the gods, and the gods eventually give you upgrades and stuff, like extra health and things like that. And uh, so that there's, 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 they have a purpose. Like the legends have, like the only reason you'd find those is because they go and find those is because they reveal some of the backstory of the world. Which is again okay. kind of weird and kind of interesting, involving fiery carpets. And um, there's um, a they have a thing, no, you can find like markers that give you a viewpoint of like the fancy architecture of the world, like giant sword statues or uh, <laughs> like a massive rock formations that just happen to be in the shape of someone playing a guitar solo. Uh, <laughs> awesome. so you can find you can find those for tribute and. Yeah, so there's some exploration involved. There's not usually a find anything to do per se, just to find something that gives you a bonus of some kind. So it's... Right, so it's like, look, we've made a cool art asset and put it into the game world. You have found it. Give We give you money. Or the yeah, basically. Email. Things yeah, like that. Rather than yeah. like a, being a mission that you find or an event or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like Maybe just... there are some Easter eggs like that. It wouldn't surprise me if they were. But at the yeah, moment, but they'd be it's, Easter it's... eggs rather than game normal gameplay. 
right? Yeah, yeah. they're not they're not okay. required. Let's put it that yeah. way. You don't just find stuff. You know exactly where you need to go for the next bit of the story, for instance. At all oh, times. cool. Okay. And you know, it's it's clearly marked on your map, and the secondary missions are all marked on the map as well, and. Oh, and Ozzy Osbourne. He's a fucking legend <laughs> for lending his voice to this game. It's, oh, it's, yes. His character is awesome. Well, basically, so is uh, this fairly... isn't much of a spoiler, but the first time you see him, he just turns up and goes, it's about fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, freaking genius. Brummy accented um, Prince of Darkness. <laughs> he's, the gu- he's the guardian of metal. I'm the fucking <laughs> Prince of Darkness. No, I can't do it. <laughs> 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 Sharon. So, <laughs> so uh, you know where you've got to go for the next thing, and so is it one thing and then the next thing? You, you don't get like the, the story progression like... is linear at the moment, right? It's linear. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I don't think it's really going to go outside of that. You can choose to do the secondaries whenever you want, but, yeah, because cool. uh, they don't really push anything. They're just extra things to do. But some of the secondaries are kind of cooler. Like you get car races and stuff because the the vehicle. Uh, the deuce, aka the druid plow, is um, uh, is, is is your main mode of transportation about the world. So there's the occasional race in that, and uh, or the occasional hunter mission where you have to just go and kill a load of load of load of <laughs> basically a grind quest. But you can do that whenever you want. So you'll just get as you as you go through, and uh, some turret type stages and things like that. And it's uh, yeah, there's, there's enough variety to keep you interested. Seems like the deuce is kind of a tribute in itself to the bone wagon to an extent. Isn't it? <laughs> or Grand, yeah, from, a bit. Grand Fandango. That was Tim Schafer, wasn't it? I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I've been playing that. I, can't, I don't want to sort of say too much about it because it's, it's like Psychonauts in the sense that it's half of the uh, awesomeness is just discovering the world for yourself and it's just. Uh, the randomness of it and the the awesomeness of it. Oh, a seriously awesome soundtrack as well. Has to be said. Cool. It's uh, it's making me want to listen to old school metal. Excellent. <laughs> well, that you can't say better than that, can you? Because I have a little bit of trepidation about, you know, too much metal. But if it's making you want to listen to it, then it's got to be good. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a it's a very good selection of metal. Let's be honest. It's Excellent. not like it's not particularly obscure stuff, but at the same right. time, it's just really good stuff. And it's not like yeah. incessant thrash metal. It's like a variety. No, no, of it's things. it's proper sort of uh, as the game makes fun of at the very start of it. It's like seventies metal, like you know, like, right, the, yeah. like the Black Sabbath era, and oh, uh, cool, and Motorhead, and you know, because they pretty much invented black, uh, heavy metal, didn't they? Black Sabbath, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Because so they're it's all that era. Because the guitarist in uh, Black Sabbath, Tommy Iommi, I think. I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyway, he got his fingers chopped off by a machine. And pretty much, well, he's got the end of his of his index finger uh, chopped off, the one used for fretting notes on the guitar. Hmm. Uh, and uh, but this is before Black Sabbath like became big or whatever. So he he ended up like putting little uh, thimbles that he made for himself out of melted washing up bottle or whatever onto <laughs> the end of his fingers, and that's how. Uh, and he just played like bar chords or whatever, so that's why you get that na 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 because he like he fucked up his hands, so he can't like play guitar. He can't anyway. actually play it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting. That's, that's kind of where metal. the sound came from. <laughs> yeah, it's well metal, isn't it? It's awesome. Before it's metal, like, I've was broken metal. myself, yet I must play. <laughs> yes, it's freaking awesome. 
Anyway, so ah, yeah. Right, I'm gonna move on to Zach. I think yeah, after please, like an please, hour. Please, or so. please, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good, I, good stuff, though, Rob. Cheers, it's all right. Bro. I've run. I've I've pretty much run out for now. Are you gonna keep playing a uh, um, brutal legend then? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay, don't it, get too distracted with Black Ops and stuff. Get plow oh. on with that because I want to hear more. <laughs> about One final thought as well. Played an hour of Black Ops. Yeah, I know. Want to hear more about that? Yeah, we will. Yes, that's true. I'm sure we will. That's also a newer that's... game, so it's like relevant. I have one last thing. Oh yes. And this is a quickie. Um, Burnout Paradise. Seriously, not as good as Burnout Revenge. You sure? Okay. Well, yeah. Positive. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm still sure. I don't. I don't like it as much as I liked Burnout Revenge. Okay. No real. Well, well yeah, the open world stuff doesn't work as well as the actual proper stages. It sounds like Need for Speed Hot Pursuit might be the ticket, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I was a bit disappointed it doesn't run at 60 frames per second. You know, oh, like Criterion's not? normal work. No, it's a, it's a, you've played the demo. It's a straight 30 frame job. Yeah, I wasn't really paying It feels a bit weird. Point. It doesn't really sort of... You yeah. know, the handling feels like it's designed for super fast, slick frame rates and super slick... That's true. In general. But I have to say, the kind of drifting in that, I was thinking about it again, and I think the drifting in Need for Speed, the demo, it was, it felt better than the normal burnout drifting. It felt cooler. Or, yeah, true. It's easier. Yeah. It's more controllable. Yeah, it's more controllable and more fun, I, I think, than mm. the, the, the burnout drifting. So definitely, I, I I, think, I, that's a good thing, I think. I think Need for Speed's... Um, draw will come from the multiplayer. I gotta be honest, I wasn't massively impressed with either of the the demo levels. It's like they're right. okay, but they're not. You know, it's it like I said, chase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's chase really. HQ for the cops and burnout yeah. for the for the uh, normal races. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's there's nothing particularly new. But the 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 online mechanics are, are what's going to be the game's selling point. If they get that right, then right. that will be the reason to own it. Not for any, not for the single player at all. It will be for that. Okay. Well, yeah. it sounds like there's certainly hope for that. It sounds like the multiplayer options in that are pretty good. So we'll have yeah. to see. Okay, okay uh, I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. Sorry, Zachary Zach Burgess. Hello, Zach. How's it going? Hello. You've um, been very quiet. Yeah. Well, quiet. <laughs> that's not normally happens. I doubt you'll be saying much in a minute or two. <laughs> Well, we shall yeah. see. Uh, so what have you been playing, Zach? And, well, and... Yeah. And? <laughs> and I was going to say, I'm yeah. getting... Sorry, I, I'm getting a bit of, like, burgly sound from you, Zach, uh, like, as if someone's, like, watching iPlayer in the other room. It might be I'm me, sure but... sure they are. <laughs> okay. Yeah, My but... My internet has been that... absolutely shite the last month, at well, least, If there's probably. anything you could do to improve it before you start uh, talking, then... Do so now, but otherwise, what are you playing? I'll just keep talking. Maybe I'll start sapping their connection. That will probably work. Okay. <laughs> Dan will just have to shout lag if anything happens. Yeah, well, it's not lag. It's I'm sure you. There know. isn't lag. It's just like burgliness, and it'll probably come out yeah. on the recording. But anyway, yeah, that weird anyway. noise of compression going wrong. Exactly that exact noise. Anyway, and if you're hearing that at home, listeners, that that's the reason. <laughs> My God, that, so, is, that is the reason. Uh, go ahead. Because BT is retarded. Name drop for them being shit. <laughs> so BT. Anyway, I think let me tell you a story these days. <laughs> let me tell you a story about how I can't not buy games. <laughs> is this, is this, do, do we have to gather around, children? <laughs> gather around, uh, no, children, for the story. 
Basically, <laughs> fuck off, children. <laughs> yeah, children can stay away. Stay where you are, children. Don't come any closer. Um, I don't want your cooties. <laughs> so basically, um, when I started playing Supreme Commander again, it was sort of because someone had been talking about it. And then I, when before I actually started playing Supreme Commander, I was like, oh yeah, there's like Supreme Commander 2. It was like, oh, maybe I should look at see if that's cheap or whatever. So I went and looked on like Amazon, and it was pretty cheap. And then I was like, okay, I'll read some reviews and see what they say about it. So I read a bunch of reviews, and it was all like, oh, this is just poop, or, you know, they're, they're generally bad. <laughs> so I was but like, now oh, it's a patch, that's... isn't there? Um, is that it? Well, no. But it was like, so I read all these reviews that were generally bad, and I was like, well, okay, clearly this is not, it's like, I'm not going to buy this unless it goes below five quid, and it was like 7.50 on Amazon. It's like, no, <laughs> stand firm. <laughs> and then there was a Steam sale, and it was like, oh, it's five quid ten. Fuck. <laughs> okay. No, but I was listening to, like, the PC Game podcast, and they're saying it's patched to the point where it's, basically like Supreme Commander 1 instead of being it's not like it was. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, I assume they may... Because I assume there's patches... It's, like, separate between multiplayer and campaign. Because it's oh, like that okay. kind of thing where if you if you change the mechanics, then it totally fucks up, like, you know, the scripting for the campaign or whatever. I mean, yeah, there's obviously, like, added units and stuff that you don't get in the campaign. Because they wouldn't, you know, it would screw everything up or whatever. But yeah, it was just a. So I had to buy this thing because it was too cheap. And it was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, never mind. Guess I wanted something to do. So uh, yeah, I went to play Free Cards 2. And it's not that great, really. <laughs> it's definitely not an ever. It's like. It's another case of. In the same style of almost Black and White 2. Like I said about Black and White to Black and White 2, where it's like. Like, they simplified it, but then they went too far. It was like, oh no, you've actually lost the bits that made it a good game in the first place. Like, it's like the whole... <laughs> the problem with Supreme Commander over, like, Total Annihilation okay. was, like, yeah. they s- simplified it too much, even at that point. Where it was like, oh, all the races have the same units, they're just different skins, basically. And, you know, there's not very many units, and so there's no weird units that have different weird abilities that give you special choices, apart from obviously the experimentals, but they're like super endgame units, where it's like, build one of these and then you win, or whatever. But, to be fair, that was a criticism of even Total Annihilation, if you compared it to Warcraft 2 or something, that uh, it was hard to tell the races apart. The core and the arm compared to, <laughs> That's like... because they were robots, and it was really low exactly. <laughs> That's not necessarily a fault of them, because it's like they did have totally different styles of it's like the first like miniature robot you get on both sides where the arm has the like the peewee that has rapid fire so it doesn't matter if half your shots don't miss but then the ak is like single shot but it does loads of damage that yeah was, like they actually distinguished had like totally different setups and weird you know all their units actually were pretty much different instead of just being you know, the same thing, but with a different graphic. 
They were different, but they occupied kind of a same slot, didn't they, well, in terms yeah, well, of entry? <laughs> so it's like you had a light K-bot and a medium K-bot and a heavy K-bot and, or an advanced or whatever it was. And each, and that was the same for vehicles. There was a light vehicle and then a heavy tank or whatever. But they had to and be, then, you know, aircraft as well. Unit or whatever. There has to be Yeah, some... that's fine. But it's like when you got the Supreme Commander, they were literally almost exactly the same. It's like they made this big deal about, like, Oh, the different races have different projectile motion for their bullets or whatever, so maybe you can shoot over a hill slightly better, apart from, obviously the <laughs> maps right. are totally flat, apart from where there's yeah. hills, and those hills are giant, which stops you from going over them at all. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that was the problem with Supreme Commander, and then Supreme Commander 2, essentially the same thing, apart from, from the point of Supreme Commander. Now each, team, each side only has, like, three units each. <laughs> what? How does that work? It's really ridiculous. Basically, okay, so the first main thing is... RTS the for dummies? Yeah, it, you might say so. Some people did. I think I read that comment in, like, someone talking oh, about really? it. But, <laughs> yeah. But the first thing is, like, they pretty much totally removed the whole idea of economy in the way that Total Annihilation and Supreme Commander had it, where you had, like, the income, and then, you like, you know, you could stack engineers to build buildings faster but it would drain your economy more and then you could have storage and then you could like mass conversion and all those weird little things yeah yeah the very deep system that they brought forward from ta yeah that's basically gone now you get you still get like your mass and energy producing buildings but first of all the numbers are tiny so you know I, that's just a simplification in itself where it's just like you don't get tons of mass you get like one <laughs> That was the problem with t- TA, wasn't it? That there came a point where you'd be producing far more than you could use. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was sort of... I mean, it, they gave you all these options to get tons, and then, providing you weren't dying all the time, you just got tons. Because it's like, now I can build tech-free giant mass-producing structures that produce a million mass, so I'd have to build, like, 50 goddamn factories easily or whatever. But now you only get one type of, like, mass and energy structure... They give you virtually nothing, and it's not like you can't you can't build something unless you've got the stu- got the required amount in your bank. So it's not even over time. It doesn't build you oh, nothing and then okay. drain your resources until you, it runs out. It's like if you don't have the required amount in your bank to start with, you can't start construction. Which is and you can't queue, can you can you not queue yeah. up the construction then you can and then it then it really fucks you up because then it, it the first the thing that has the lowest cost gets built first so over like so like I've got you've got your commander building defensive turret somewhere and you've got a, like a factory producing tanks and you've got like a random robot trying to build a mass deposit and the mass deposit doesn't get built for ages because the goddamn tanks are cheaper than the mass deposit so it prioritizes <laughs> the tanks because they're the first thing it can build they're cheapest it's like, okay. oh! <laughs> but it doesn't improve your economy bit, does it that's no. a bit crap it should just do it in the order you told it to do it yeah, so that's the first big problem. The economy. Is well, maybe maybe they need like, yeah, maybe they need like pause actions on the units. Well, you can do to... pause. You can pause things. That was one of the mm. coolest things about Supreme Commander One, I guess, because you know how in like TA you'd you'd stack a bunch of engineers on a building project if you wanted to be finished faster. 
if you like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> every goddamn engine yeah. had a sister's building. <laughs> yeah. And done. they're all like spraying like green uh, every time there's enough shit, uh, yeah. energy. Would just they just do a little spurt of green in five different rows. I said little mini poots are coming. <laughs> but then in awesome. Spring Commander One, you actually had yeah. quite detailed control because you could set like a load of engineers to assist a building. But then if you clicked on the individual engineers, you could pause them. So they they stop using their energy and metal, and then you could turn them back on. So you could like if you had like too big for construction projects, you could shift focus by instead of removing the engineers from it, you could like pause some of them and then be like, okay, in a minute when I get some more production, I can turn those back on, and that kind of okay. thing. But yeah, so you can still do that in Spring One too, but it, you know doesn't really help at that point when your economy is still based on cheapest thing first. <laughs> Um, mm. Yeah, so that's the first problem. And then you've got the units, where it's like, basically you have virtually no unit choices. Like, three or four land units per team, and then like, you know, two aircraft or something. And the the way you differentiate them is by research, which is just like, third resource. Basically, it's a really weird right, You have research as, research as a number, is it then? Yeah, it's like you gain research. Basically, you gain research over time, you can build research labs, which increase the amount of research you're getting over time, but then you gain a lot more research if you're fighting things. Right. So, so you're like... <laughs> so, uh, apparently, I have... I mean, obviously, I haven't played any multiplayer, but I, you, people, have, people have been saying in, like, their reviews or whatever, it makes multiplayer really dumb, because it's like, no one wants to make the first attack, because you're just giving people, you know... It's benefiting you, but it's also equally benefiting the enemy. And it like whichever, whoever's units are left at the end, because obviously you get more research if your units survive the encounter. So right. Like, you have the first attack is the first attack is like critical because if you fuck that up, you're going to be behind in research, and then they can get better units, and then they can kill you easier and get more research. It's like super critical. Well, the first encounter is absolutely system. vital. <laughs> hmm. So you, ha- or you yeah. have all these research options and like unlock unit abilities and things which are meant to differentiate the units but then don't really... On the plus side, at least three different races are completely different and have like totally different abilities which makes the campaign oh, sort of cool to play. You go through like one race and you're like, oh okay, I've sort of learned all these tricks and then you get a new set of weird things to do. Mm, that is cool. But also the campaign is like hella short. <laughs> it's like six missions per faction and it's like by the time you've reached the last mission you still barely know what the fuck you're doing and like the manual the pdf manual you can get off steam which you know i guess is the actual manual doesn't really explain half the stuff it's like i, I build this giant unit and it's like okay what does it do can it shoot at air i don't fucking know <laughs> And it doesn't tell you in the UI what it can no. what it's good at. Oh, Unless it happens to say something obvious like anti-air units. That's pretty bad, actually. Because these days... Out what, what to build actually does. These days you get mega helpful super tooltips all the time because yeah. they think everyone's idiots, don't they? So they're like, this is good against air, anti-air gun. This is good against air units. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but, there are some... There, there, it was definitely a problem I had where... It, Particularly towards like the last month of the campaign, where it's like now they give you everything, and you know, so you get like two or three new experimental units that you've never seen before in the campaign. 
and it's like I don't know what they do. Nothing's telling me what they do. It's like see uh, on the last Cyber mission, it, you unlock like the attractor or whatever the place is called. Is it called the or is it just called the unit magnet? I think it's just called the unit magnet. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you build this thing. It's just like a pillar. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, it's obviously some kind of experimental gun or something, I don't know. You stick this video basically like a pillar, and then you click on it, and the it shows you like a standard sort of weapon radius on the map. So you're like, oh, okay, so it affects things within this radius. It seems quite large. Okay. And so it's like, it's obviously quite long range. And then it's got these two buttons. The only options in its UI when you've clicked on it are like, turn on the attractor or turn on the repulsor, and it's like... What the fuck does this do? <laughs> What's going to happen? Are all your units in your base suddenly going to fly and attach yeah, to this pole? Like, <laughs> you don't know if there's friendly fire or something, or what do you know? Obviously, there's not friendly fire, because that would really fuck everything up for that game. <laughs> you get a lot of friendly fire if there was friendly fire. That'd be very funny <laughs> if you could build one that covers the entire match, and you go, right, fuck it, battle royale, and just get everyone <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> I think that's sort of what it's for, because I eventually worked out what it does. is like any, any enemy unit... Well, enemy ground unit, because for some reason it doesn't affect aircraft, which of course I didn't work out until it was like, why is this not doing anything? Oh wait, I have to wait for some ground units to come into range. It's like anything inside the radius, if you turn on the attractor, it gets pulled towards it slightly faster than, than they normally move. So it's like, if a, so I suppose theoretically it's like, oh, some enemy artillery units are sitting just outside of range or something, but now they're not, <laughs> you just pull them in to like your know, kill zone or something. <laughs> But okay. it's like, it and was it so works unexplained. in reverse as well. Uh, well, apparently. I'm not sure what the point of that would be. Like, keep them what, off your defences for a while, I guess. Well, yeah, I suppose if you see a large force coming, it's like, oh, fuck, keep them away. Well, if you slowed but, yeah. them down, you'd have more time to hit them with the artillery, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. They were it's actually... like, so, it was so unexplained. And I probably... Uh, it's, it's that kind of thing that was the whole problem with the game. It's like, the unit upgrades... Norm the the sort of critical ones they guide you through in the actual campaign where it's like they give you secondary objectives on the objectives list where it's like research this upgrade for this mission specifically because obviously it's going to be useful and it's like oh, okay that's pretty cool and then you never use it again because <laughs> even when they give you like you know you can now it's like on the next mission you can go further through the research tree but the stuff that's further up the research tree is obviously better so you're not going to use the things you used in the last mission because they're not really relevant any longer because <laughs> you can now make stuff even better than that hmm. could you build so it's not building magnets <laughs> well they turn them on offices at the same time that'd be pretty funny <laughs> Yeah, so you could have them, yeah, two attractors either side of each other, and the units basically end up getting wedged in the middle, <laughs> or or they repulse to, a, uh, yeah, three repulse set in a triangle, and you wait until they all go into the middle, <laughs> and them then the middle. force them into That'd the middle. Be funny. Yeah, I don't know what would happen because presumably you can do multiple of them. There doesn't. That's the other weird thing about this game because although there's like only three standard or three or four standard units per race. They all have, like, ten experimental units, and there doesn't seem to be any limit on how many of these you can build. So it's like, my army is going to be, like, hundred-foot giant robots, all of them. <laughs> I'm just going to build those non-stop. Or flying saucers, I'm going to have 20 of those. Yeah, but I mean, obviously there's no, lim- there no limit on those in Supreme Cardinal 1, but that was due to, like, you know, you could have that much resources to be able to build them that fast. In this one, it doesn't feel like you should, but somehow you do. <laughs> they aren't really very, you know, expensive for how ridiculous they are. And they also don't take that long to build, either. 
So it generally comes down to a big battle of experimentals. You don't bother with the tiny regular units, which is very strange. So you were saying there's only three types of unit per thing, but in actual fact, you don't even use them because you use <laughs> hundreds of millions of different types of units. So in yeah. fact, there's, there's loads of variety, is there? Well, not really, because the experimental units all have, you know, they're very specific to a specific role, where, like, obviously you have giant stomping robot thing, but that can't do shit against air, so normally you... Well, typically the way to do it is just, like, build the giant stomping robot thing of your race, and then just build, like, 20 fighter aircraft and have them follow it. (laughs) Oh, I see, just to give it cover. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like fun, I have to say. Big zombie robot with, like, fleet of fighters. That sounds like hilarious it's fun. Pretty it's cool in cool terms of, like, it's pretty cool in terms of, like, effects and, like, you know, shit blowing up and, you know, weird lasers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't like shit blowing up. Although it does kind of get a bit overwhelming. There was, like, this last mission on... Well, I guess it's the last mission of the game. It's the last mission of Cybern. And it's just like a constant stream of enemy experimentals are charging at you, hitting your base defense, which I had to have like four shields stacked on top of each other to have any hope of my gun turrets not just getting instantly murdered. It was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck's going on? So like constant stream of experimentals, explosions, and then you've got like my long range artillery is constantly playing its goddamn firing sound effect constantly. So it's like, and it's like, ah, shut up. It's just like, I just want to kill everything so these goddamn artillery can stop firing. <laughs> Are you suggesting they had an option on your, like, long-range guns to make them uh, play, a, play a different sound or no sound at all? Or... That would be nice. Uh, it's like, I wish funny if you could no, 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 no. that. You have to build a giant column thing, and it has only two <laughs> buttons on the UI, and one of them is, like, sound suppress everything you made. <laughs> it's, like, called the silencer or something, and you're like, what the fuck does this do? Because it doesn't explain. Oh, it makes artillery bearable. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> but, I mean, bang. Oh, the smooth oh. talker. <laughs> yeah. Everything, everything sounds like Bond. It's the problem with... I mean, there's just no sort of AI to it. It's just like the units come down specific channels at your base, and if your base defense can hold up against the first wave, it's likely to be able to hold up against the whole mission. And and then it's like maybe right. halfway through they'll start sending more experimentals at you, and it's like oh fuck. And, then and that's just obviously them, scripted, fine. right? Yeah, it's not it's like you know, oh, got to the, the point. And it, it is the levels are incredibly linearly designed. It's and they, you know, they. Well, like you your fight... base and then a path and then their base. Yeah, basically, like you're fighting these incredibly contrived locations. Apart from they're not contrived in the way that they might have been previously, where it's like for some reason you're in this incredibly tiny valley, sort of like Halo, <laughs> where it's like two bases at the opposite end of this valley that you can't get out of. <laughs> Why are we fighting here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now they're sort of, I mean, contrived but less. Sort of more more logically contrived, where it's like, oh, you're fighting on top of the top of a giant power station or something, so there's only like walkways that lead between these two sort of larger open areas where you can build. <laughs> but it's it's like incredibly pathed, where it's like this is a pretty much straight line from my base to their base. <laughs> but that doesn't wait. The bit that doesn't make sense there is presumably you still need to make energy collectors and things like that on that level, rather than just going. Can I just connect my <laughs> plugs to the power station? It's too big. Too powerful, or something. 
Something I like how in the manual they also made a specific note of explaining why you can no longer reclaim trees for energy. It's like, oh, modern technology uses too much energy now to make this worthwhile. Don't even bother. <laughs> That's a shame. That was quite fun. I seem to remember. Yeah, it was like it was almost entirely pointless. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. Mainly because you never needed energy. It was like mm. you'd never reclaim you trees metal. because you always had way too much energy compared to how much metal you had. That's true. It was like metal rock. Uh, Fuck. (laughs) Needed to reclaim rocks. The RTS like sending enemies in little streams AI. It's just it's never changed, has it? I'm I'm thinking back to like the Command and Conquer demo (laughs) level where it would send one or two infantry towards your base through a Tiberian field, <laughs> so they would die every single time for Tiberian poisoning. And it was like, oh, there's the patrol. And they just dying in a field. And then another lot would come along in the next five minutes. And it's like, oh, there's another lot. Yeah. I think oh, we'd better send a patrol to find out what happened to that last patrol. What happened to that? Go to? <laughs> Obviously. Just keep building them and building, as it were. But yeah, so Super Troy <laughs> 2 is not very impressive in terms of gameplay design it's even more simplified it's just like oh what are you doing come on seriously i mean the idea of research and the sort of cool unit abilities you can get is pretty cool i mean they do do some awesome things that like cyber units get jump jets so you can like jump onto higher plateaus or in the one mission where higher plateaus conveniently exist for you to do so (laughs) (laughs) okay what a surprise (laughs) and of course the cybrans have the classic walking boats (laughs) <laughs> that's just that. inherently funny I know I know what you're talking about but it's still funny oh, it gets better though because like in the original speak rather you had this the, the cyber destroyers could just walk onto land they just like got legs and they yeah. could just walk up the land now, now it's a unit upgrade but it applies to all your ships so it's like the destroyer well there's obviously only three types of ship again because you know simplification, but it's like the destroyers and the battleships and the aircraft carrier all get legs and can just walk over, walk over the landscape. It's really funny, That's the cool. guy on the PC Gamer podcast was saying that, like, oh, this is cool, you can walk all your ships over the landscape, but you can't build the ships on build a normal ships, level, because yeah. you need you need a shipyard, which can only be placed on water, so you need, like, a tiny little lake, and then, and then you put a shipyard there, and you build a fuck ton of destroyers and just walk them across the land. The end of the day. <laughs> apparently in the expansion pack, still awesome. I'm, not, I'm not actually sure why you'd want this, but apparently in the expansion pack, you, there's, a, there's an upgrade that gives the ships jump jets instead of legs. That just sounds sort of unnecessary. It's like they can already walk over land. Why do they need to fly? <laughs> Flying, walking <laughs> ships. This is so silly. But so <laughs> All funny. terrain boats. At what point are they boats at all? At that point, I thought it was pretty funny that like because you give them legs that walked on water. <laughs> <laughs> they already float. It was pretty funny, that funny. You get that. You get that unlocking like the second to last mission. Where it's like, okay, now you can do the leg walking thing because this level is conveniently designed for it, blah, obviously. <laughs> but then at the start of the final mission, where you teleport up onto the, like this space station, for some reason you just bring two boats with you, and they're just there from the start of the level, and there's like, you're in space, there's no water, so you can't space do it anymore. Boats. It's just like, have two boats! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty weird. They were my base defense for quite a while, it was just like, oh, the, the boats can do it. They'll survive, and they have pretty good guns. <laughs> Can you still just apply NGs to any unit? 
to not as much any longer. That's the tr- that's the other problem. They sort of that was awesome in, the, in TA setting patrol routes for your air vehicles to just repair anything they come across. Yeah, they it was like they've sort of limited that as well. I mean, obviously, if you put engineers on patrol, they'll repair things that were damaged and that sort of thing. But you can it's like you can only uh, put like three engineers to assist a factory to make it build faster. And weirdly, that doesn't actually use more resources. So it's like, why would you not? <laughs> oh, I see. So if you just assign more engineers to the task, it doesn't actually drain your economy more, per se. No. It just, uh, it just actually just makes it build faster, so you end up... Yeah. That is a bit weird. The whole engineer system is kind of... It's almost pointless, because you can do... You don't, it's like you don't even have multiple tech levels of engineer any longer. And mm-hmm. your your armor command unit can build everything you unlock anyway, so you don't need like tech two engineers because now I've unlocked the more advanced shit. Your ACU can just well, do. It, they were a bit annoying in TA because you know, there came a point where it's like, well, what am I going to do with all these shitters? <laughs> I mean, what I always did in Spook Island One was you just like you build four like regular engineer tech one engineers, and then when you get the tech two, you just send the four tech ones to assist the one of the tech twos to like make a chain. <laughs> <laughs> That's your fast builder, because then when you just set them to assist, they just follow it around and help with the buildings. Yeah, that. <laughs> So you, can, the other, you could essentially group engineers together like that, and really yeah, you just there. you just assign a whole bunch of engineers to assist one of them, and then only use that one to lay out the buildings, and then they all build them. Sorry, my chair seems to be getting increasingly squeaky. <laughs> just a bit. Hey, I'm noticing the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also starting to get coffee. Not drinking coffee. Yeah, <laughs> not the drink, but the condition. Because <laughs> oh, that's only a word. What coughing? Coughing. Get coughing. No, coughing. coughing. Oh, get coughing. Get coughing yeah. like. <laughs> well, that's good. Right. So yeah. Anything it's... else you've been playing then? Uh, Super Commander Two. Uh... Oh wait, there was something else I wanted to mention about Super Commander Two. Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. There's two more things. <laughs> yeah, one more thing was uh, I had to get this one last annoyance in there, but um. You can't assign a, an engineer or your commander to repair a unit while it's still moving, which is the worst thing ever. You have to wait for them to come to a complete stop. <laughs> what? What if it's an aircraft or something? Then or you have to had... order the aircraft and fly to them, and then it, obviously they're all VTOL or whatever, so they just stop in midair. Okay. It's so incredibly annoying. It's like, if your unit is like coming into base from battle and it's like heavy damage or something and you're like okay engineer repair that and it hasn't made it to the the point that you told it to move to that order just disappears and then you're like oh wait I have to wait for it to stop moving and then do the order <laughs> dear that's lame that's pretty terrible and then the other thing I wanted to mention is in relation to modern warfare <laughs> in relation oh, yeah. to the everyone loves AC 130s one yeah, of the experimental units in, in Supreme Commander 2 for the UAF is the AC-1000 gunship. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Which is basically exactly what it says on the pin. It's just a big gunship that has basically a huge cannon that fires out the side. <laughs> but it if it's like VTOL it? and can like, just hover, then it doesn't need to do the AC-130 it doesn't need to circle, thing of flying it around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it does it's circle, so but it doesn't need it, to. It circles, but it totally doesn't need to because it's a hovering gunship thing. That's <laughs> really weird. I guess it's, it's basically like, a hovering tank. Avoid some, avoid some fire, maybe. Circling. Mm. 
and look a bit Maybe. like whirly sacking in the old Command and Conquer. Not that that helped because it was all, you know, dice roll or whatever. Direct fire. You couldn't miss must... an old one, Conquer. <laughs> if an AC-130 is circling a target, it must be fairly obvious where it's going to fly next if you're trying to hit it with like an RPG or a sol- shoulder-launched missile. It's like, <laughs> it's going that way. It's going to keep going in a slow bank. Yeah. Did it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure so, they yeah, know what they're doing. AC-1000s. That was... Weird. I yeah, wonder yeah. if that really was where they were just like, oh, everyone loves AC-130s. <laughs> I bet, uh, probably. <laughs> everyone does love them. They are freaking sweet. There's only like two or three AC-130s in existence, and they cost like, they're yeah. like the most expensive aircraft ever. They like cost almost <laughs> as much as like a B-2 Spirit stealth bomber or something, and they're just basically a cargo aircraft with a tank gun attached to the side, <laughs> and they're like really expensive, and they like guard them with like tons of... How many times did they say like in the last sentence? About 15, <laughs> oh, I think. Anyway, they guard them with loads of fighter aircraft and stuff. <laughs> Bring them out for special yeah. occasions. <laughs> So, Special uh, bombing runs on small villages in modern warfare. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't destroy that church somehow, even though you're firing tank shells practically right next to it. <laughs> right, <laughs> <some of it. laughs> yeah, I'm not so, sure Christians would like that. What else have you been playing, man? Well, so that was Supreme Command 2, I guess. And, you know, that Subcom, was Supreme Command 2. Call it. Finished, the, finished the campaign, 15 hours played, which I guess isn't bad, but again, that's a case of me doing things incredibly slowly and not getting the time bonus for the missions. Because now it ranks you on, like, time and... Oh, okay. And, and I never get the time bonus practically ever. It's always, like, zero out of five. Oh, well, I guess I took an hour and a half. <laughs> never mind. Are you, have you any desire to play it multiplayer? Because you did kind of play um, World in Conflict multiplayer, didn't you? But yeah, I, I just can't see how it would be any, you know... That whole idea of, like, the research bonus for the first attack and that kind of thing... And it like it just Do you think doesn't it encourages seem like... or discourages a sort of rush attack. That's the thing. I can't I really know. tell. I mean, presumably, if you're if you rush, but they've got a sort of equal number of units, they've got the advantage of their commander being there as well because you're in their base. Mm, that's that true. might give them the final blow, sort of. If you assuming you've got like if you've managed to make the same number of units. So I guess it sort of maybe pushes you towards defence. Which would be good, from my perspective. Well, I, I, always, I never liked rush attack. Rush attack. <laughs> That's true, I guess. And there is the classic Supreme Commander no rush options. It's like, said time to it, and you can't move outside of this perimeter for however long. <laughs> they got a bit hardcore on their no rush protection. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think multiplayer would be... It just seems really weird. I guess I'd have to get more familiar with everything. Because, like, the campaign, as I said, doesn't do a very good job of introducing you to most stuff. Like, I don't know what this does. Can you play skirmishes or whatever? Yeah, you you can still make the classic skirmish against AI. And the achievements as well, of course, on Steam. So I guess I probably will play it a bit more for some more achievements. We'd play the skirmishes then. Uh, yeah, I haven't played any of them yet. I just got through the campaign. So. Okay. I was I quite like, because... Do you remember, like, CNC Generals and then that had that add-on pack, Zero Hour, where it was basically just skirmish stuff, effectively? Yeah. Like, the levels, instead of being, like, campaign levels, they were more like skirmishes against a special kind of commander, weren't they? Yeah. That was kind of a cool concept. Like, more, more, more interesting than your average... Um, 
RTS campaign. Yeah, it was sort of like it was all it was sort of a puzzle, I guess. It's like they were already set up in a specific way, and they had their specific CO who had weird, you know, whatever specific units and weird abilities, and then you had to like yeah. figure out the tactic to get past it using your your powers. Do you yeah. think that someone played Advance Wars and thought, "Oh, wonder if I could slot that in?" <laughs> That'd be a pretty weird reference. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, well, they need to make another Advance Wars. They totally do. Although I still think the first person that long. <laughs> I still think the first way. person to make a, a, a clone of Advance Wars on uh, on iPhone will make like a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> Much. A number of people have attempted to make clones, haven't they, in the past? Like, there's the, was it Commanders on Xbox Live? Had had some similarities. Oh, and, right. uh, uh, it just isn't the same. I don't know quite how to describe how Advance Wars just gets it right every time. It's, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's really, maybe it's just a balance thing. Because somehow yeah. Advance Wars hit this incredibly sort of awesome unit balance where everything yeah. has a purpose and like if you're set up Very right good. you can do you do things awesomely. Somehow they have they have they managed not to cock it up even when they change things quite dramatically, like on the whole like battleships moving and firing instead of only being able to move and then like artillery where you have to stop and then fire and all that. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, anyway. whoever they, those Japanese people are, they have their uh, certain, they have definite skills there in balancing. But that doesn't mean they should stop, make more. No, no I kind of hope, well Dark Conflict seemed like it was going to be a bit of a reboot, it? that they were going to use it as a, as a basis for a... But it uh, wasn't really, I don't, it's like, another, another, that style just didn't fit. Series. Oh no, I, I, I liked the new style, I thought it was Well better. it was okay, on, sort of, you know, as, you know, on its own, but I don't think they... I'd rather they continue the crazy style. <laughs> True, well, the crazy style was cool, but I liked. I did kind of like the, the the bleak direction of Dark Conflict, but I suppose maybe there, there wasn't so much. Maybe there aren't so many places you can take a sort of. You know, well, it barely you know, made sense in sort of a storyline anyway. Where it's like, yeah. it's weird because it, it was destroyed. The but conveniently, disease. these factories can produce units infinitely because they're automated somehow, really awesomely. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it it like had that weird, uh, almost Japanese kind of specific where it's like bleak but twee and cartoony at the same time. You yeah, know, like, like Final Fantasy VII or something, where it's so like it's, everything well, everything's going know, awesome. had, Everyone still has strangely um, fantabulous costumes. <laughs> well, that's true. This is the sort of, especially like that. You know, the main enemy commander dude or whatever. It's the pompous military guy with his hella military uniform. That survived the apocalypse, but he got that well. <laughs> <laughs> he just happened to be wearing it inside a fridge. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it was that sort of, you know, anime cheese or whatever. There was a bit, but there was no, like, it's okay. Well, the flower disease was a like... bit weird. <laughs> well, that was a bit weird and sort of pointless. It was like. Yeah. Eventually, it's like, oh, this bad scientist dude who we've sort of been fighting anyway up to this point made this flower disease as well. Oh, I guess we'll just add that to the list of annoyances <laughs> that we have against him. Yeah. It didn't end up being a major <laughs> plot point, did it? it was... No. That's kind of weird. 
And then, and then also the other problem with the whole sort of continuing the dark conflict world in a, in the Advance Wars, this is like, at the end, it's like, woo, we sort of, I don't know, built a farm because the sun came out so we can actually grow crops again. Humanity is saved! <laughs> <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> I don't know. Like, Advance Wars just isn't. A, it's not really the same without that that classic. What is it? End of mission sound from the crazy ones. The, the <laughs> yeah. little musical sting that. It's not, sound. it's not the same without incredibly weird cheesy theme tunes for everyone. Yeah. I mean, the hard the sort of rock music that you get in Dark Conflict is kind of awesome in itself. But yeah, that was, I yeah, yeah. the weird cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> So what else have you been actually playing this week, uh, other well, than uh, Subcom 2? I guess there's not really much else. Can I keep else. singing Grit's theme? I'll just bring out my phone, since it's my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird in itself, because that was like the one that didn't fit in with all the rest of them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> How loud is this going to be? <laughs> so... Um, I guess I really haven't played anything else this week apart from that weird flash game that I was talking to Dan about, which I can, I guess, now explain to the world, yeah. sort of. Only Indeed. I probably won't be able to explain it very well because <laughs> it's not it very explainable. Again? It's the Codex of Alchemical Engineering, <laughs> which okay, is what does alchemical mean? Well, as in alchemy, like. Oh, I see. Yeah, fair enough. So it's a like book. chemistry apart from with fake, you know, atoms. Where it's like here's an atom of fire, <laughs> here's an atom of air, join them together or something. I don't know. To create so, yeah, the... fire air. That's basically what this this little flash game is. It's it's a puzzle puzzle game where you have like a molecule you have to make. Of obviously these made up, well not made up weird alchemical elements joined together in a specific way and the and then you have like little spawners at the bottom of the page where it's like here's where the atoms come from and then via a series of little rotating basically robot rotating arms that carry the atoms you have to move them through a series of transformations to get them joined up and put them into the receiver like the correct way around and then obviously it's like, oh no, but you, it doesn't, this atom generating thing doesn't make the right kind of atoms. So you need to like put it through these weird transformer devices that change what type of atom it is, depending on like what other atoms you put in there and that kind of thing. It's a puzzle game. <laughs> so you have to make, essentially make little, wait, what? You're making other atoms out of atoms. That doesn't make sense. So it's, it's well, that's like that's why it's alchemy. Make, you're trying to make compounds or. Well, no, because you join the atoms together to make the final compound or whatever. In, and you have like bond, bonders where you it's like you put two atoms into the target circles on the bonder and it bonds them together and then yeah, you can like yeah. rotate them so it makes them into the correct shape or whatever. And it's alchemy, Why, do they so have like uh, a structure then? Yeah, yeah. it's like they it bonds across the you know the bonder joins them together at that specific point so you rotate it and then you can like make ninety degrees to another atom or whatever. And it's two D. Yeah, the structures. It's a, okay, it, yeah. It's flat, flat plane, and it's nice. all alchemy or whatever. So it's like, oh, you can make, you can turn lead into gold by, I don't know, adding mercury to it. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like you start with lead, and then you add, you add like mercury to that, and it turns into copper, and then you add mercury to that, and it turns into silver, and you add mercury to that, and it turns into gold. It's like alchemy, lols. Magic mercury. Well, they so, were yeah. well into their mercury, weren't they? 
the outside <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Uh, it's, but, it's, it's, it's fucking weird. Well, yeah, it's yeah, like po- poisonous, isn't it? It drove them all mad. Well, lead's poisonous as well. So lead and yeah. mercury are <laughs> both poisonous. Of, and also they were using atoms of fire, so I'm not quite sure how that worked in real life. That probably caused problems as well. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> not a very sensible thing to do, I think, in so, real life. But, but uh, yeah, so this was a weird little flash game, but it's, the only reason I was playing it is because on Rock, Paper, Shotgun, they, there was a news post about the, the person who made this game it's also yeah. making a newer game called Space Chem, which is basically the same thing, only in sort of a space setting and with real, real sort of chemistry. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it will still be like just mash the atoms together and they turn into a chemical. It won't be like actual chemistry where you're like, you know, weird heated up or whatever. But this time it will be like two hydrogens and an oxygen rather than two fires and a and a gold or the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. And it also looks it, this new. It's this. Because in the alchemical version, you have, like, these manipulator arms where it's like, it picks up the atom and then it rotates and then it puts the atom down over here or whatever. But in, in the space chem, it's like you draw, like, a glowing ring that the atoms travel around and then when they hit certain points on the ring, it causes them to rotate or whatever. So it looks pretty nifty as well. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. uh, as I was saying to Dad, it, like, it looks like it maybe should be an iPhone game, but it doesn't look like they they've only said it's going to be for, like, personal computers at the moment. It looks like it would be ideal for an iPhone drawing, drawing these sort of loops. Hmm. That would be a touchscreen interface if, there, if ever there was one. A gesture one. thing, yeah. But yeah, so that's... So where can we find... Um, coming out at some point. So where can you play um, the Codex of Alchemical Engineering? I don't know if they've got it hosted on their own site. I mean, I assume they do, but I didn't look. Because I found some... Basically, someone linked that in IRC, so that's where <laughs> I was just playing it on some random site on the internet. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> but I assume it's on their actual site. It's Zaktronic in- Industries. Yeah. Okay. Especially named after <laughs> Zaktronic. Only <laughs> <laughs> it's with an H. So it's Z-A-C-H-Tronic Industries. It's the name of their company. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome, really. But yeah, so Space Chem doesn't have a release date or anything yet. So, and there was only this one preview video. So, God knows when that will happen. And that's it's like now I have to pay attention to this because it actually looks sort of cool. And I'm infused. I like puzzle games and I like chemistry. I guess <laughs> I have a very specific yeah. target audience. <laughs> you do kind of have a degree in it. That sort of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's... now. I guess I haven't really played anything else this week, but I can in- safely inform you that I will, in the probably not very distant future, start playing Eve again, because they sent me an email with like five free days. <laughs> <laughs> Come back, Zach, we need you. <laughs> so it's like, oh good, I can reactivate my account for free, and then start paying with in-game money again. Sweet. <laughs> that sounds like a friend of mine who... Uh... The legendary drunk boy, who when he doesn't turn up to do his rounds at the bars, they get worried. <laughs> He sent the messages. It's like you're right, but presumably that would have been sent to all three of my inactive accounts, so I can play three accounts for five days each. Lol. <laughs> awesome. You're gonna do that then, so you'll have some to report, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the the main reason for the you know they often do this you know reactivate your account for a free period when there's like new patches coming up. So there's the winter okay. patch coming, which is going to do some things. It's supposed to be like uh, there's supposed to be this big, basically NPC invasion 
but like slightly less shitty than the usual Eve NPCs, where it's like they actually have sort of some better AI where they might not just retardedly orbit you until you kill them. <laughs> okay. That sounds and then, like But what else can they like... do? Like, well they've already or... sort of trialed this with like the wormhole space was their first test of more advanced NPC AI. Although basically all that did was made them change targets occasionally. So it's like if they're not getting through your tank, maybe they'll go shoot something else. <laughs> so you can't just have one guy tank them all by aggroing them and they just sit there and then have everyone else shooting at them. It's like everyone needs oh, a okay. tank because they might randomly change and start shooting you instead. Oh, okay. That's a bit more interesting, is there, at least? Yeah. It's like, so that was the first test of AI. And I think there's been suggestions where we like, they might start using you know, tactics that are actually exist in PvP where it's like, maybe they'll have like, specific NPC units that repair other ones like armor boost or whatever. Oh, I see. So they start they'll actually have a like proper fleet. <laughs> yeah, so they start interacting with each other, not just let's shoot that dude. Yeah. So, And that's supposed Ooh. to be like a big... That's supposed to be one of the, you know, accessible anywhere in the universe where it's like, in any system it could pop up where there's just like, oh no, an invasion fleet has arrived and it's going to fuck you all up. Go and kill it. Or, well, That's they're probably not going to fuck you up if you don't go and try and kill it, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's safe space. We're not allowed to just kill you out of the blue. We have to sort of allow you to choose whether or not you want to die. Well, I hope they don't accidentally cool. make them all too good. That would be a bit yeah. of a problem, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> well, that why could be quite easy to do. Beforehand. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the things I read suggested that, like, when one of these invasion fleets arrives... They might have they they'll have like some Uber ship that will have an effect across the entire constellation, where it, like might I don't know reduce your armor repair rate or something. So it would literally quite badly fuck up people who are just running missions or whatever. It'd be like, oh shit, this fucking invasion fleet is coming along and ruined my mission running for the day. Well, I guess I'll go kill it. <laughs> I guess it's some you know it's something where it, like it might actually cause people to want to do it rather so you know it's sort of because an interesting it disrupts their working day. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess that would be kind of how it would work in, 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 in like the EVE universe with these mission runners who just grind up. Like, oh, I can't cash. get to work. I'm like, so angry. Oh, god damn, these bastards are fucking up my income. Well, I guess I'll have to kill them then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. I, I can't get to work. The uh, the, 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 the A1 Space Lane Express is... It's full of bastards. It's full of NPCs. jammed with pirates. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me and my rail gun have got something to say about that. So yeah, and there's also weird. Unless you can create a giant fuel embargo on that part of space or something, so the pirates just you know run out of fuel and sort of die a bit. Nothing runs out of fuel in the There is no fuel. No. Everything's powered by reactors of some kind. But so maybe maybe they should have it because you know though, there's something intriguing about the idea of a fuel embargo. <laughs> <laughs> But then that would be really easy to screw yourself up, where it's like, oh, fuck, I forgot the refuel. Now I'm just floating in space, totally useless. Help. <laughs> that would be a bit of a problem. It'd be like, I don't know. It'd be, be like, like an NPC recovery service or something. <laughs> we'll call the AA. <laughs> they come out. And they're like, <laughs> actually, players. They're not, it's not like an automated <laughs> service. It's like a lot of people that go around with, like... Fuel, uh, fuel ships, <laughs> but then they just grief the yeah, ship out of you. It'd be like, oh, you want this fuel, do you? You want it? You want it? You have to yeah, pay, you're have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be like, you could have an you. AA core, couldn't you? Actually, a reasonably 
What reputable agency? Yeah, but nothing is reputable in Eve. That's the problem. That's even the, thing, the most yeah. obviously, you know, even the things that have been reputable for so long, it only takes one bastard spy to infiltrate it and fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah, to just ruin everything. Have you heard any more about that massive battle we were talking about that was supposedly happening? No. Um, I did that, read I that it wasn't meant to be... I, I read the story where it was like, it was a $15,000 battle. Right. Rather than a lot of... US dollars. That, yeah, so it's like, that doesn't necessarily tell you how many ships there were. Because, <laughs> you know, there might have just been like two really big ones. Well, it was like 3,000 people in local space, wasn't there, or something, when they were yeah. filming it? That's quite a lot. I wouldn't be surprised. That was, yeah, that's the sort of a server stressor, that fight. As I said, the damn yeah. time, where it's like, that probably wasn't much of a fight. It was probably like, see who can hold out long enough against the border until the system unlags. Because it'd be so unbelievably laggy. Apparently, the lag is like two minutes or something at some point. It's <laughs> like, well, what is the point? It'd be very yeah. funny if you just sort of see it in burst and it's like, right, I'm in the fight. I'll go make some coffee and when I come back, I'll see how I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That Pretty sort much. of can be what it's like, but yeah. So I mean, people are never going to stop doing math, which is always the problem. No matter how, no matter where, if you say right, like okay, we've made our servers better, it can now support like fifteen hundred people in the system. Okay, let's bring three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I don't know who it was who was talking to me about this, but apparently there's just some with MMOs in general. There's just uh, some kind of limit or something that means that no matter how good everyone's connection you're still going to get lag for to do with the, the i can't remember what it was but it's saying there's some kind of limit to it so presumably it's just server the server um, side load on the processor is yeah i presume so the processing is just too large even in a cluster there must be some sort of um you know throughput oh, yeah. limit to how, the run system, how, how the clusters are communicating with each other and that's probably your bottleneck yeah, the sort of node Probably. system that Eve has. Yeah. But then they the could just buy more capacity, couldn't they? I mean, well, I don't I know. Mean, they have the whole. True. The, no, the point I was making is that the limit might be um, on the uh, the, you know, the way nodes talk to each other. Yeah. You know, the actual sort of. Uh, you know, it's not so yeah. much that you could just oh, just add another processor; it'll be fine. It's the fact that right, you know, yeah. that the, presumably there comes a point where the communication between nodes. Uh, becomes the bottleneck. Yeah, I guess so. You know, if you make a cluster that's too large, to... the yeah, communication, you... organising the communication between nodes is probably harder than the processing itself. Yeah. <laughs> can only, you can only add so many nodes to your network before it actually goes back to being a problem with the processing speed again, and then you have to upgrade the processing speed instead of expanding the nodes or whatever. Yeah. Right, so well, obviously clusters are fun. So maybe that's why they call it a clusterfuck. <laughs> oh dear. That's terrible. We're actually coming towards the end of this podcast, slowly, actually. Yeah, I um, haven't said anything about who what you played. Well, uh, yeah, I've just been playing Grand Theft Auto still. I, um, I, I'm at the end now. So, uh, so I've played probably about a third of it since, uh, I guess, since uh, last time. The, the, the back third of the game. <laughs> the back nine. Did uh, start again in this recent run? Uh, well, I had started from the start um, uh, when I was at university last year. So, um, and then uh, when I started, it, last week. Start. it wasn't like no, the Final no. Fantasy thing where it's like, oh no, not, I can't really remember where I was. I have to start over. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of why I originally did it. But then it is long. Like it's probably about 
Uh, I it, it was probably about forty hours the first time I played through it, or plus. But this time I haven't bothered with any of the side quests or any of the bowling at all. I don't think the single time mm. I've done that. So so and there's an achievement I've realised which I'm on my way for, uh, which is called Liberty City Minute, which is complete all the story missions in under thirty hours. So I think right. I'm going to get that. I think I'm going to get that one. Which I'd forgotten about, but there's actually a bunch of achievements that I need to get. There's a load of multiplayer ones, but there's still some in the single player that I haven't got. And seeing as it's one of my favourite games, I should probably see if I can manage some of those. But it was really just so that I could understand what was going on with the story, ready for um, Lost and Damned. Because there's this current running through all of the missions in GTA in 4, which is about this um, Diamonds... And I think they end up, they come in on the boat that you come in on. And when in the intro sequence, that you see someone putting a diamond into a, a cooking pot or something to hide hmm. it or something. But you end up like dealing with these diamonds. At one point, you're like in in these garbage trucks. What would we call them? Rubbish trucks. Rubbish. <laughs> Driving around, and the diamonds are in rubbish bags, and you're like collecting them in a route bin or lorry. something. Yeah, bin bin lorry thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but that that what's happening with those all, all <laughs> kinds of different like factions in the story are are trying to get hold of the first the diamonds and then the drugs and then at the end you make you, you you the Russians are loading the drugs onto a ship or something which is the same ship you came in on so it comes in full circle at the end and um, and you get get to make a choice at the end revenge or deal or whatever so. Actually, go for revenge. Must have revenge. Deal. There's a bit so, of no deal. <laughs> exactly. Like Noel Edmonds turn up and say, basically <laughs> fuck up your self-esteem. It's quite interesting. Uh, it is sort of a um... classic maneuver where it's like, like when you're coming in on the boat, like because if you want to create the diamonds, it's like, oh, they were here all along, right underneath me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that sort of thing. It's been interesting. I like. I mean. Nico Bellic is uh, definitely a much more well-rounded character than uh, John Marston from Red Dead Redemption. Uh, you know, he's much more interesting. But on the other, on the flip side, I think story, the overarching story in Red Dead Redemption, is much more grown up and uh, interesting. I think because it has a really good ending and um, and it is about redemption and stuff. Whereas we talked about this before when we talked about that, but but Nico, it's like sometimes you don't quite understand his motivation. He seems like a no. nice guy, and then suddenly he's who, like who basically is very just, capable of doing bastard things. Yeah, working as a hitman for the mafia or whatever, effectively. And, you think, and you're going, why? And then at the end, he does kind of start to redeem himself and say, why am I doing this? And think, why well, I'm going to move on to a better life now that I found closure or whatever. But then he says, okay. Far, yeah, but yeah, but it is okay, but, a better life. But then, but, yeah. <laughs> considering what he'd been doing for the past, yeah, days and days, where he'd been like working for the mafia and playing each side against each other and just doing whatever anyone would for just for money, it's like this is suspect. Whereas in in Red Dead, the guy is actually he's done all these terrible things in the past before you started playing as him, and he's been trying to redeem himself all the way through the game. And then the final thing is that no matter what you do, your past will always catch up with you, basically. So it's quite a sort of sad story, really. 
Uh, whereas GTA, it's like, oh, it's the end. Oh, we're all happy forever after now. And, and now you can load back into the game and go and blow up everybody with an RPG on Times Square. And it's like, but on the other hand, Nico is a much more interesting character and he's better acted and he's got more interesting lines and stuff than John Marston, who is more of your typical game character, sort of relatively blank slate. Oh, he's a good guy. I mean, he's well done, but... He's not as interesting as like um, the man with no name in uh, the um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Or you know, there, there's definitely cowboy characters that are m- m- more interesting than uh, John Marston. Uh, on that said, I am slightly tempted, having been watching. I watched the the giant bomb uh, quick look for the new DLC for Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> and, have you heard about this Undead yeah. Nightmare? Yeah. At first, I thought that's retarded okay i'm uh, sorry to use that word but i just thought this doesn't because the great thing about one of the great things about red dead was that atmosphere and how it was uh you know historically you know it felt right and then suddenly you're just completely ruining that by putting zombies into the wild west it doesn't make any sense but then i've actually seen some footage of it and it does look it looks like pretty cool hilarious actually. fun yeah it yeah, does look it's all, awesome. it's all incredibly tongue-in-cheek you know it's not yeah they, exactly they were seriously trying to put a, a zombie story into the wild west it's, no it's it's, it's totally it's, not it's, serious it's just a laugh and it's like apparently you go to the main menu and it's completely separated from. It's like a completely different game. It changes the, uh, uh, the you know the UI so the screens yeah, all look sickly green and stuff. Yeah, everything is changed. So mm. it's like a different game. The fact that it has the same more. characters, yeah, mm. it's like an alternate universe thing. And it does look hilarious fun because the combat in Red Dead is really good. Because uh, in GTA, obviously, there's quite a bit of combat and. At now that is the thing that's really showing its age. I mean, it, I mean, it was a big step up from uh, San Andreas, definitely. But I don't know. Uh, um, it, was never it's, very, it's, it was never. It was never the best. Of, you know, no. Never, well, the thing it was is, never a you, good example of how to do that style of combat. Well, it's okay. It's just you have the cover is really bad, and also yeah. like you basically have to do it really. Sp- patiently and methodically because no enemy is ever going to rush up to you so if you do everything really slowly and peek around each corner and shoot them all in the head that's okay but if you ever get caught in the open for half a second then you lose all your health and that's what happened to you i imagine rob and you just have to uh, take it as like a really methodical exercise and it can be quite fun if you if you do it that way but the way that the character moves sometimes means it's quite easy to stumble into a situation where they'll just shoot you no, and uh, uh. that could be a bit of a pain. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I may, I'm definitely going to play Lost and Damned and let you know about that and the checkpoint system and stuff. But I may well get hold of uh, Undead Nightmare, and, I, and I've got to play Batman and all kinds of stuff. Uh, how are we doing? Um, <laughs> all kinds of stuff from gritted teeth, like next uh, games. Um, <laughs> game over. <laughs> I take it we're dispensing with the with the running joke, and I'm just going to say three minutes now. So, uh, yeah, uh, we don't need it. <laughs> as we discussed, we don't need. Did they get the two minutes? It's two minutes, actually, isn't it? Oh, yeah, two you. minutes. Oh well, very quickly yeah. then. There's one other thing I wanted to bro- briefly mention. Up, menched up. <laughs> I'm going to mench this. He's a mench. Mench it good. Okay, <laughs> mench it from the drenches of my henchman. Word. Um, Sonic Colors, getting generally favorable reviews. Favorable? 
Sonic games. Sonic Colors getting available review. <laughs> you can watch them now. It's, uh, it's there's, well, there's of course, a few, there's been a few negative things. I mean, I don't think game trailers like Sonic in general. You know, they're not fans there, so the, no, their review clearly. was was their view was kind of you know a, a bit negative, really. But uh, yeah, now IGN on the plus side, they got a Sonic fan. They they obviously got someone who's been waiting for a good Sonic game for a long time uh, to review it, and he's like, yeah, you know what, this isn't half bad. So, well, you'll have to give it a try and, and, and see. I mean, at least it's balanced out by the, probably the awfulness of Sonic Freeriders, so there you go. They've got to have a crap review somewhere for some Sonic <laughs> game at any point. Can sorry, guys, I'm sorry if I'm interrupting game. you, but I can't hear anything all of a sudden. That's oh, okay, no, because we've got, about four, we've got about 40 seconds anyway. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the uh, another su- edition of the Sidecast. Great I'm sure we'll be back. You're have to wrap uh, it up without me. Yeah, I wrapped up. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, Rob's going to America for like a week, yeah. uh, which he won't be able to comment on because he can't hear. <laughs> will, will we but... do a podcast while he's away, or will we actually just wait for him to come back? Not to think on how lazy we are. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll give it a go. I can record it now. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll quite possibly next time it'll be just me and Zach, but then I'm sure Rob will be back again for your regularly scheduled... So. Salad cast. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's the end. end. Goodbye.